iHeartRadio.com. Thursday morning, the 28th of the month of September. Let's begin together in prayer on this feast of St. Wenceslas in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, make us wise. You did not think equality with God something to be clung to. Release us from the desire for power and prestige, we pray. You emptied yourself, taking on the nature of a slave. Free us from all disdain for works of service, we pray. You became obedient even unto death, death on the cross. Deliver us from the lure of self-sufficiency, we pray. O Christ, you wash the feet of your disciples, you who are both Lord and Master. Strip us of the garments of pride and free us to do for one another the tasks of love as you have done for us. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus Christ, who live and reign with the Father and the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. It is a better way to start a Thursday morning, the Sunrise Morning Show, here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Ackman at the controls. And Travis is over there doing something with the video. We might have video today. I'll tell you more about that in a moment. Up this hour, we have much of which to speak. Father Robert Nixon will join us from Australia, as he does so often. Uh, Today we get to start a new Uh, translation of his. So he's been working on Paradise of the Soul by St. Albert. I'm really excited to dig into this new uh, treasure that Father Nixon has unearthed and translated. We'll catch up with Danielle Bean from the Girlfriends podcast. Also pastoral counselor Kevin Prendergast will have some thoughts on mental illness from a Catholic perspective. So please do stay with us if you can. Right now it is two minutes past the hour. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis went after former President Donald Trump for his stance on abortion in the debate last night on Fox News Channel. DeSantis pushed back against the claim that pro-life policies are to blame for Republican losses in the midterm election. Apparently we don't have audio moving. Let me try here. I think there's other reasons for that. Uh, the former president, um, you know, he's missing in action tonight. He's had a lot to say about that. He should be here explaining his comments to try to say that pro-life protections are somehow a terrible thing. DeSantis earlier this year signed a heartbeat law. DeSantis said Trump should be at the debate stage defending his position. Trump skipped both presidential debates so far. The Susan B. Anthony list responded to the Republican debate last night saying, quote, we thank Governor Ron DeSantis for his commitment to support minimum federal protections for babies in the womb when they feel pain by 15 weeks while keeping states free as possible to be as ambitious as possible for life. She said, we thank Senator Tim Scott for raising this vital point in the debate and for advocating these protections for months, as has Vice President Mike Pence. This standard reflects the consensus of seven in ten Americans, end quote. The U.S. soldier who crossed into North Korea without permission is back now in American custody. 
Details from Mark Mayfield. On Wednesday, North Korean state media announced that U.S. Army Private Travis King would be expelled from the country. King was taken into North Korean custody in July after he bolted across the DMZ during a tour rather than board a flight back home to the U.S. North Korea at the time said King confessed that he had illegally entered the country due to alleged inhuman maltreatment and racial discrimination within the U.S. Army. I'm Mark Mayfield. During his general audience yesterday, Pope Francis reflected on his visit last weekend to Marseille, France, to close the Mediterranean meetings. The Pope said he found passion and enthusiasm there. He prayed that Our Lady, quote, accompany the journey of the peoples of the Mediterranean so that this region might become what it has always been called to be, a mosaic of civilization and hope, end quote. The bishops of Canada say that reconciliation with indigenous peoples is advancing. From Vatican Radio, Lisa Zingarini reports. In his introductory remarks on Monday, Bishop Raymond Poisson pointed to the significant progress achieved in the long journey of healing and reconciliation with indigenous peoples, reiterating that Pope Francis' penitential pilgrimage to Canada and his heartfelt apologies have inspired the Canadian bishops to make new forays in their individual and collective pastoral engagements with indigenous peoples. He recalled in particular the publication of the bishop's four pastoral letters on reconciliation, which he said will hopefully serve as a framework for furthering relationships of trust for years to come. Bishop Poisson further remarked that the Indigenous Reconciliation Fund, established in 2022, has so far collected the record sum of $11 million and is well on track to exceed the five-year target of $30 million the bishops pledged two years ago. Even more encouraging, he added, are the projects being initiated by indigenous peoples at the local level supported by the dioceses. Bishop Poisson also recalled the milestone statement issued earlier this year by the Vatican Dicasteries for Culture and Education and for Promoting Integral Development, rejecting the centuries-old doctrine of discovery that was used to justify the elimination of indigenous peoples' culture and livelihoods. Finally, the head of the Canadian bishops emphasized that in this journey towards healing and reconciliation, the key word is accompaniment. To those who wish to walk with us, he said, what we can offer as Christians and shepherds is empathy, compassion and prayer so that this journey may culminate in true freedom and lasting hope. I am Lisa Zingarini. And Pope Francis has awarded co-cathedral status to a church on the Britain's Isle of Man. It's the first of its kind in the history of the British Isles. The Church of St. Mary of the Isle in the Manx capital, Douglas, will be a co-cathedral along with Liverpool's Metropolitan Cathedral of Christ the King. The co-cathedrals are 80 miles apart and separated by the Irish Sea, but both are within the jurisdiction of the Archdiocese of Liverpool. Okay. Kind of interesting, isn't it? I don't know how any of that stuff works, but all right. I have no idea either, but okay. kind of cool nonetheless. Yes, very kind of cool. Speaking of which, I'm like sitting here watching, uh, I think the live stream's up and running, Animatrix. I know. So, Matt, your hair looks great today. Thank you. I worked extra hard. I can tell. Um, but uh, if people want to see, because uh, poor Travis has been here trying to, like, f- wrestle with robots for who knows how long getting this up to speed. So this will work. And I've been working hard on cleaning my office. 
mm-hmm. and my studio space. So uh, behind me, it's not just piles and piles of disorganized books. There actually is, you know, some semblance of order to them. Like you nice. can see my Bible quizzing trophies clearly now. Oh, thank but, God. But thank at any God. rate, if you go to sunrisemorningshow.com, look at the show notes. I put the link to the video stream. and I'm going to put the link to the video stream at the top of every uh, show notes page. So uh, we'll see how Sunrise this goes. Sunrise Morning Show Television. It's not it's exactly weird. television, but, you know, close enough. People could... I think there's, like, an app that you can get for, like, I don't know, Roku or your Fire Stick or whatever for, like, Facebook Live. Okay. So you could watch the Sunrise Morning Show on I don't know how to tell people how to do that yet, but I I will soon. I bet you. I just, you know. SunriseMorningShow.com. Click on the video link. Let us know. And you can chat Um, with us, too. See how Matt's hair looks today. You can put a little chats in the YouTube there. Somebody just hearted something. Aww. Thank you. Name I can't pronounce. There's numbers. The first heart that first we've heart. gotten. Oh my gosh, we're going to have all kinds of milestones today. Fun. I hope. Let's go. <laughs> well, today is Thursday, September the 28th. It is the feast of King Wenceslas, Saint Wenceslas. Pray for us. It is also my 10th wedding anniversary. A decade. Happy anniversary, Will. Joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Robert Nixon. He is a Benedictine monk at New Norcia in Australia, translator of the Tan Resurrection series. And we have a new book to start talking about today. It's called Paradise of the Soul, 42 Virtues to Reach Heaven by St. Albert the Great. Father, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Mike. Uh, very much, Eddie. It's great to be with you today. It is great to have you. So St. Albert the Great, I mean, not many saints in the history of the church get the title The Great, but he definitely deserves Indeed. it, doesn't he? There are only a handful who have that title, Gregory the Great, Leo the Great. Um, St. Albert the Great was actually called the Great while he was still alive. Really? And although, of course, he wasn't a saint at that time, um, he was called the Great because he was regarded as the most learned man in all of civilization alive at the time. So he was an immense intellect, an expert not only in theology and philosophy and scripture, but also in the various areas of science, in astronomy, chemistry, biology, and geology, and so forth. So he was a wonderful scholar who made a tremendous creative impact on the church through his thought and through his writing. And through his very famous student. Indeed. (laughs) uh, One of his great claims to fame is that he taught um, Thomas Aquinas, the angelic doctor, And this, of course, in itself is enough to establish him. He also taught um, other prominent people. Uh, He taught one of the Pope John's, Pope John XXI, I think, and and numerous other church leaders. So he occupied uh, this tremendously important role as a teacher within his own order, which was the Order of St. Dominic, um, the the Order of Preachers. Yeah, can you talk about how it was that he came to be a Dominican? Yes. There's actually quite an amazing story about his vocational choice. Uh, From a young age, he'd shown great sanctity and and intelligence and a dedication to serve the church, but he wasn't sure exactly how he should do that, what order he should join or whether he should uh, enter a diocese or so forth. 
So he was in Padua studying, and he went into the great basilica in that wonderful city, and he prayed to the Virgin Mary to be given some kind of sign or indication what he should do. And she appeared before him, and she urged him to join the Order of Preachers. Now, at the time, the Order of Preachers had only been going for a few decades. It was still a very new institution, um, yet it was spreading at a tremendous rate. And the Queen of Heaven told him that if he joined this new order and worked for it, dedicated his talents and energies towards their important work, that he would be bestowed with all understanding from heaven. And this was precisely what happened to him. He went on to become, as I mentioned, the greatest scholar of his time. He also served the church as a bishop um, of the city of Regensburg in Germany. But his real love was for teaching, for sharing his knowledge and understanding. And he did this with such wonderful effect. And does so, I believe, in this book, The Paradise of the Soul. How did you discover this book, Father? Um, well, I was looking through St. Albert the Great's collected works, all of his writings, and um, his writings altogether um, are probably twice as much in length as the collected writings of St. Thomas Aquinas. He was a, wow. a prolific writer who wrote on all subjects, not only theology, but also science on animals, on botany and so forth. Um, I came across this one work um, and it struck me as being a real treasure um, because the virtues are so important, the cultivation of the virtues. And in this book, he goes through a comprehensive list, 42 different virtues, and he describes these for us. He tells us how to cultivate these virtues within ourselves, and also how to be alert to signs when these virtues are, are going wrong in mm. some way. Um, so this is a work in which he combines his wisdom as a theologian and teacher and also his astute observation with human nature. Yeah, we're going to go through this book virtue by virtue, but I'm really curious what you mean. So these virtues gone wrong, um, how, how, yeah. does, how does that happen? Well, he follows the idea of the philosopher Aristotle, who believed that for something to be a virtue, it had to exist in the right measure, in the kind of golden mean that if any characteristic was taken to excess, it could cease to become a virtue and mm. become a vice. Wow. So he talks about the relationship between uh, virtues and vice. So he says, for example, stubbornness can sometimes be seen as constancy. Mm. Um, carelessness and negligence may be seen as tolerance. Curiosity may be seen as circumspection um, and so forth that each of these virtues, if the characteristic is pushed too far, can turn into a vice. Wow. So um, the happy medium is what he is talking about. And this then allows us to detect virtues are going wrong when either they're being taken to extremes um, so that they cease to be virtues or that they're being enacted for the wrong reasons. Well, I have a feeling I am going to be learning quite a bit from you and St. Albert the Great, and uh, I'm sure our listeners will, too. Encourage folks to go over to Tan Books and pick up a copy of 
Paradise of the Soul by St. Albert the Great, translated by Father Robert Nixon. Father, really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Annie. God bless you and happy anniversary. Thank you very much. Very much appreciated. 16 past now on the Sunrise Morning Show. We got headlines coming up next. Stay with us. The new feature film, Mother Teresa and Me, sponsored by Fathom Events, is in theaters Thursday, October 5th. Mother Teresa and Me weaves together the stories of two women, Mother Teresa, who served the poor with love amidst her dark night of the soul, and Kavita, a young woman who is searching for love while struggling with her unexpected pregnancy. Mother Teresa and Me, in theaters Thursday, October 5th. More information at fathomevents.com. That's fathomevents.com. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. Mystic Monk Coffee has brought back their pumpkin spice blend, and unlike the competition, buying their coffee has the added bonus of supporting the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming and the Sunrise Morning Show. Go to sunrisemorningshow.com and click the Mystic Monk link to get that or any of their other coffee blends or teas. When you check out, we earn a commission. And there's no better vessel for your Mystic Monk pumpkin spice latte than a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug. Find those in our online store. Do pumpkin spice the Catholic way. Just head on over to sonrisemorningshow.com. This is Jim Pinto, director of EWTN Media Missionaries. EWTN Media Missionaries prayerfully take EWTN to parishes and the community through the print and electronic media we provide. You can help EWTN share the good news by becoming a media missionary. Visit EWTNmissionaries.com today and join us in sharing the eternal word with the world. You know, after after that beat that Jim had under him, our headline music just sounds. This doesn't go as hard, Anna Mitchell. Oh wow! That was pretty. That was pretty. That was pretty intense. Intense. Media and now I feel like I'm yeah. on a drum machine in my basement in 1984. <laughs> what are the headlines? The Republican presidential candidates all went after President, former President Trump last night in the GOP debate on Fox News Channel. During his general audience yesterday, Pope Francis reflected on his visit last weekend to Marseille, France. And Catholic University of America has announced new security measures in response to concerns over public safety in Washington, D.C. All right. I'm just messaging our Facebook pe people so that they can see the video live stream. I'm going to be figuring this out for a yeah. while. Like, you know, this is we're still reaching, as I told Travis, we still have, are reaching cruise altitude. Yeah. Well, of course. So the uh, seatbelt line is it, the, the sign is definitely still on. Keep your seatbelts fastened, ladies Keep and gentlemen. Keep it fastened. Keep it fastened. Uh, you know, it's kind of cool um, to hear after we were just talking about co-cathedrals and stuff, to mm -hmm. hear Father Robert Nixon say the word basilica, you know, with that Australian kind of <laughs> R at the end. But, you know, he was talking about something that I've thought about a lot uh, and continue to think about a lot. We talk about it some here on uh, these segments about how in a social media world we tend to get so hyped up 
and uh, freaked out about things that sometimes the virtue is the thing that the devil will use to like distort mm-hmm. you know your good impulses and send you in a bad direction um so for instance there's righteous anger but not all anger is righteous yeah right there's a desire for justice but sometimes your desire for justice will distort um things like charity and prudence mm-hmm. uh or you know he mentioned curiosity and there's a healthy curiosity that causes you to learn um that leads you into wonder that causes you to lift your soul into mystery. And then there is curiositas. Then there's curiositas. Yes. Which is trying to know some stuff that you shouldn't know, uh, which is getting into other people's business, which Mm -hmm. usually leads to gossip, which usually Mm -hmm. leads to all kinds of other unsavory things, and which distracts you from the stuff that you probably should be thinking about. Okay, so there are 42, 42 virtues. In that book? That get covered in this book. I don't know if video people can see that. That's not that thick of a book. No. That means they're going to be dense, yeah. jam-packed. It's 21 past. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home to Faith, when Ann Hendershot will discuss the principle of performative Catholicism. Susan Sassoni will share her new book, New Friends, Now and Forever. I will talk about the life of St. Vincent to Paul, plus frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon, beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. We strive to provide the highest quality diamond and CBN products manufactured by privately owned companies, enabling us to provide prompt and personal service and you to avoid the unnecessary cost and frustrations of dealing with bureaucracies. Find us online at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com, theabrasiveone.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from R's Cafe and Meeting House, opening October 2nd, offering delicious varieties of coffee and fresh-baked goods, pastries, sandwiches, and soups. R's Cafe and Meeting House, 6988 North Dearborn Road in Guilford, Indiana. Offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality, the Jesuit Spiritual Center invites you to a weekend of prayer and renewal led by various retreat masters, including Father Michael Graham. Join others for a weekend of silence as you experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Register now at JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Fred Espenchide Plumbing. For plumbing and remodeling, Fred brings 55 years of experience to his work. Licensed in Ohio and Kentucky. Fred Espenchide, your pro-life plumber. 859-441-0950. 859-441-0950. Danielle Bean joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. You can catch up with her at daniellebean.com. Listen to her girlfriend's podcast through us. I almost said Ascension Press, goodcatholic.com, and you can check out the community over at girlfriendscommunity.com. Good morning, Danielle. Good morning. You just can't thrive during a change there with the uh, changing what you're saying. I know. It's like (laughs) even the slightest of changes slip me up all the time. I tell you what, you know, we're going to be talking about that, actually. Great transition, Danielle. How to deal with change. Are you good at this? Because I'm not. 
No, I think nobody's good at that, right? <laughs> I mean, even when it's a good change, even if it's something you want, like getting married, having a baby, buying a house, right? Things that you want to be doing, joyful moments in life. It's hard. It's stressful. There's an adjustment. We don't like for things to change. And that's okay. You know, I think it's important for us to kind of talk about the fact that that is challenging and to recognize when we are going through a big change that maybe we need to adjust our expectations of ourselves and our schedules and, um, you know, just give ourselves a little bit of grace during times when we're going through a large change. Yeah, I mean, change in general, like the the big idea of change is really inevitable in anyone's life. I guess there are some instances that you might succeed at this, but does it really do us much good to resist all the time? (laughs) No, that's a waste of your time and energy. I think, you know, recognizing that life changes and and some people are going to have more adaptive personalities than others. I can see this in my own kids. Some of them are always just kind of go with the flow. Others of them really never want a single thing in their lives to ever change. And, you know, so know yourself and know your, your personality as you're going into a time of change. But being aware of it, I think, is a really helpful thing. Like, don't just kind of power through difficult times in your life, times of transition and change, because it's going to come back to bite you. I promise you, because I've had that happen to me many times. Mm -hmm. So how would you encourage people to pray in the midst of change? Yeah, I mean, if you are struggling to adjust to something big that's going on in your life, especially if something has come to an end, whether it's a work situation or maybe one of your kids is leaving home for the first time or uh, you've lost somebody you love, you know, I always encourage people to go to prayer and ask God, what now or what next? He's always got a plan for our good. He wants to work all things together for our good, even in the midst of very difficult things. And he wants to reveal his plan to you. So I really encourage you, if you're struggling in a time of change, to just go to prayer and ask God those questions. What now? What next? He has a plan for you in your life something new on the horizon that he has planned for you, some good that he wants you to do, some good work he still wants to accomplish in you. And it might look different from how it looked before, but be open to what God's new plan is. And you talk in your podcast on this about the importance of gratitude, but what if you're really not feeling very thankful for whatever is changing in your life (laughs) at the time? I totally get it. But, you know, those times when we are, like, really grieving a loss of something, we can be thankful for the thing that we had. That thing that we are grieving the loss of was a good thing that God gave us in our lives, whether it was, you know, a, a, a job or, a, you know, a new car that you had that you got in a car accident with or, um, you know, losing somebody that you love, something as large as that. Give thanks for the good that you had. It's, it can be hard, you know, especially talk with moms, you know, in the back-to-school season, we usually talk about that topic of the giving thanks and letting go, which is the theme of my book from Ave Maria, which is this this season of letting go as our kids are kind of launching, going to school, starting work, starting new jobs, getting married, launching out in life on their own. It can be hard because you are grieving a very good thing. Your, your younger family life, your younger self, the beautiful things that you experience together with that young person in your life, and that is gone. So it's perfectly okay to grieve the loss of that. But don't forget the important part, which is giving thanks for the fact that you had that good thing in your life and looking around you and seeing what good things you have in your life right now that might be different that you ought to also be giving thanks for. You know, I 
I think about this. You know that prayer that, I, what is it, the centurion, I think, in the gospel where he says, mm. I believe, Lord, help my unbelief? Yeah. I think it's the centurion. I could be wrong about that. It is. Who it no, is. you're but, right. Um, but we can sort of adjust that prayer in so many ways. Um, but I think in this instance, it could be, I am thankful, Lord, help my unthankfulness. Right. Right. I think it's such a beautiful, simple human way to pray, right? Because you want to be thankful. You want to give thanks. And if your heart's not there, if you're not feeling it, you know, God can work with that. He can give you the grace to overcome that. So just a very humble way to go before God, tell him exactly where you are and where you want to be, knowing that he can help you to get there. Yeah. And I want to stay on this topic of gratitude um, as we close out our conversation, because I've been really struck by he entered into my life kind of unexpectedly. I talk about this actually in uh, my newsletter article for Sacred Heart Radio this month. Um, Blessed Solanus Casey. And one of the things that he encouraged people to do all the time was thank God ahead of time. So think about what that could do for us in preparing our hearts for things that we may not even know are going to change or or things that we're looking ahead and we know the change is going to come, but it isn't here yet. Thanking God ahead of time for that could really adjust our attitude, I think. I think that is a beautiful concept. You know, I vaguely heard of it, but you are intriguing me. I'm going to want to look this up and learn more about Blessed Solanus Casey. And I think maybe there's going to be a future podcast topic on this. Danielle, let's make it happen. (laughs) I will look forward to that. Yeah, this is, I mean, it's just a beautiful, beautiful sentiment that he has. And so many people got to experience miracles because of it. That's beautiful. I love it. Okay, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Can't wait to hear that podcast. Again, it's through goodcatholic.com. You can also join the Girlfriends community over at girlfriendscommunity.com. All linked at sonrisemorningshow.com. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. Last night's Republican presidential debate went on without frontrunner Donald Trump. Two of the seven candidates took shots at the former president, including over his recent comments on abortion and his belief that heartbeat laws are not politically expedient. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis pushed back against the claim that pro-life policies are to blame for Republican policy for Republican losses in the midterms. I think there's other reasons for that. Uh, the former president, um, you know, he's missing in action tonight. He's had a lot to say about that. He should be here explaining his comments to try to say that pro-life protections are somehow a terrible thing. DeSantis earlier this year signed a heartbeat law. He said Trump should be on the debate stage defending his position. The Susan B. Anthony list responded to the debate saying, quote, we thank Governor Ron DeSantis for his commitment to support minimum federal protections for babies in the womb when they feel pain by 15 weeks while keeping states free to be as ambitious as possible for life. They said we thank Senator Tim Scott for raising this vital vital point in the debate and for advocating these protections for months, as has Vice President Mike Pence. This standard, they say, reflects the consensus of seven in 10 Americans, end quote. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott said during the debate, a balanced budget amendment is necessary to get the country back on track. 
Trey Thomas has more. South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley sparred with Scott over the nation's debt. I, I appreciate Tim. We've known each other a long time, but he's been there 12 years and he hasn't done any of that. He well, hasn't. Geez. They've only given four uh, budgets well, on time in 40 years. He was part of that. Biggest, he increased the national in the debt. History. He voted for the spending. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said leadership is key to the debt issue. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum said he's presided over a balanced budget in his state. I'm Trey Thomas. Catholic University of America has announced new security measures which come in response to concerns over public safety in the nation's capital. The Washington, D.C. school has established a new office of emergency management which will provide increased training to the university community. The goal is to better respond to emergencies, which include improved communication, sheltering in place, and evacuation of buildings. The program manager for the new office previously worked with the D.C. Homeland Security and Emergency Management Agency. During his general audience yesterday, Pope Francis reflected on his visit last weekend to Marseille, France, to close out the Mediterranean meetings. The Pope said he found passion and enthusiasm there and prayed that Our Lady accompany the journey of the peoples of the Mediterranean so that this region might become what it has always been called to be, a mosaic of civilization and hope. He also made another appeal for the people of Ukraine during his general audience, encouraging the faithful to, quote, remember your brothers and sisters forced to leave their war-torn homeland who seek help, refuge, and goodwill. He told Polish pilgrims particularly to show them a Christ-like welcome. United Auto Workers President Sean Fain will make an announcement tomorrow morning on the union's next possible expansion of their strike against Detroit's three big automakers. Last Friday, Fain expanded the workers' strike from three plants, one from each of the big three, to add 38 GM and Stellantis plants. Ford did not see any additional plants affected by the strike due to the progress they made in contract talks. Roughly 60% of U.S. consumers across all income levels are apparently living paycheck to paycheck. Mark Mayfield reports. That's according to new reports from That soundbite does not appear to be working. We'll move on. Elon Musk, the owner of X, formerly known as Twitter, says he's making cuts to the social media platform's election integrity team. The Election Integrity Department seeks to prevent election interference or manipulation on the platform. Yesterday, Musk responded to reports of the firings saying, quote, you mean the election integrity team that was undermining election integrity? Yeah, they're gone, end quote. And the Archdiocese of Detroit has a new auxiliary bishop today. Up until now, Bishop Jeffrey Monforton has been serving as the bishop of Steubenville. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 minutes past the hour. Family, please know that Sacred Heart Radio has never sold or shared our mailing list with anyone. So when you donate or sign up to receive our newsletters, be confident that Sacred Heart Radio will not sell or share your information with other organizations. Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air are proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, home of the 100% satisfaction guarantee, because our work is done right the first time for all your plumbing, heating, and air conditioning work. 
Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Elizabeth's New Life Center, serving at-risk pregnant women and their babies for more than 30 years. Join them for their South Partnership Celebration, October 5th and 6th, with inspirational keynote speakers Bishop Earl Fernandez from the Diocese of Columbus and Dr. Ashley Fernandez, Associate Director of the Center for Bioethics at OSU. More information at their website, ENLC. That's E-N-L-C dot life. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this feast of good King Wenceslas, Thursday, September the 28th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Nockelman Plumbing, Heating and Air online at skpha.com. Might want to keep the umbrella handy today just in case. Right now, temperatures in the lower 60s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be mostly cloudy skies today with some spotty light rain and a high of 76. Partly cloudy tonight and drying out with an overnight low of 60. It'll be mostly sunny and warmer tomorrow with a high of 80 degrees. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, scattered showers with a chance of thunderstorms today, a high of 72. Scattered showers through midnight tonight with areas of fog developing and an overnight low of 60. Some morning fog, then partly sunny tomorrow with a high of 78. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. The Sunrise Morning Show continues on this Thursday, the 28th of September. I don't know about you, but I just, this is a month that has flown for me. Yeah, Matt, you were like, hey, Annie, have you made the rundowns for October yet? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's October this weekend. It is October. The Feast of St. Therese is what, Sunday? It's Sunday, and this snuck up on me because we've got a great piece that we're going to put out over at the Coming Home Network this weekend on St. Therese. And I was like, oh, well, we'll do it next week because, you know, next week's October. Well, we put them out on Fridays, and next Friday will be like the 6th or something. That's crazy. It's wild. Uh, But uh, to give you a little uh, hint of how it's going to be, so we talked to a daughter of St. Paul who's a convert, and she was converted by the saints. Um, You know, as a young girl, she was going to the library and reading books about these martyr saints, uh, young women, Agnes, uh, Bernadette. Sit back and reflect on the fact that there were books about young martyr saints at the library. At the public library like, oh, in her how, era. How, how things have changed. It was a Sorry. different time. Yeah. It was a different time. It was a different time. Well, anyway, she gravitated toward all these saints, but the yeah. one saint that she did not understand or get and was not appeal found completely unappealing was St. Therese. She's just like looking at this China statue holding a bouquet of flowers. And she's like, that looks really boring. Uh, so she never really <laughs> warmed up to her. And then later on in life, when she um, became Catholic and then entered religious life, suddenly Therese became her, you know, kind of best friend. Wow. But what's funny is that there are actually a lot of famous people through the years who've had similar experiences with St. Therese, where they were like, oh, this saccharine saint, you know, mm-hmm. who's just like, you know, too whatever off in the distance with her quaint. And then they realize just how tough her. Uh, the two yeah. that come to mind immediately are both Flannery O'Connor and Dorothy Day. Whoa, wait a minute. They both love Therese of Lisieux? Are you yeah, serious? Yeah, but they both really disliked her first. Wow, I didn't know, you know that they ever liked her. What are you getting? See, this is like stuff that you can find oh, on yeah, video. You, now, Matt, like, see. leaving I'm realizing now that, that since we're on video, you can see me rushing to my bookshelf uh, 
in love between that you, Okay, what, what, what do you have? Well, I'll, I can tell you what Dorothy Day had to say to, about her because people was recommended. People were recommending her uh, to read Saint Therese, and she said stuff about how um, she had a she had a broad face, her habit and cloak concealed, how thin she was. She was very young, and her writing seemed to me like that of a schoolgirl. I wasn't looking for anything so simple. I felt slightly uh, aggravated at my spiritual director for recommending her to me. <laughs> Uh, I thought handing out what they felt suited my intelligence. <laughs> In other words, pious garbage. So she thought that she had been recommended St. Therese because St. Therese didn't appear to Dorothy Day to be that intelligent or interesting. And they, she thought that by being recommended her, the priest was saying, well, you're not that smart either. So maybe you'll like Therese. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, And then I'm reading this, by the way, from Dorothy, the preface to Dorothy Day's book, Therese. Wow. Oh. <laughs> she obviously had like a massive change of heart on and became wow. like completely, uh, completely infatuated with her. Uh, but also in the letters of Flannery O'Connor, you'll find this one to be fun. Uh, so she's writing to her friend, Father James McCown, and says, uh, I just read a very funny book by a priest named Father uh, Etienne Robo on St. Therese of Lisieux. It's called Two Portraits of St. Therese. Flannery O'Connor goes on to say, He's managed by some not entirely crooked means to get hold of a photograph of her that the Carmelites have not touched up, which shows her to be a round-faced, determined, rather comical-looking girl. He does away with all the roses, little flowers, and other icing. The book has greatly increased my devotion. <laughs> so what's interesting is that both That's... Flannery O'Connor and Dorothy Day wow. um, Looked at St. Therese and is like, oh, here's a lady in a dress holding flowers uh, and mm -hmm. like a plaster doll with like a kind of a serene, pious look on her face. Which could she possibly have to say to me? And then they both went on to read Story of a Soul and found a new, wow. found a new best friend. Wow. So. Wow. I don't know if you knew that about either one of those. No, I didn't. Apparently... Not, I have a, not I liking St. Therese and then liking St. Therese is like a thing. Yeah, I mean, like I have to say that St. Therese is somebody that I kind of admire from a distance. I've never myself gotten very close to her. And now I'm very intrigued by this because here are two people that, I mean, I don't know. The, wow. So St. Uh, I, I have to, I, this You'll have to think needs about to this. sink in a little bit. Because uh, Flannery O'Connor and Dorothy Day are in some ways very alike, but in many ways very, very different. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, one is a writer in her house, and the other is out there, you know, overhauling society. Yeah. So these are two very different people. Um, but what's interesting, so uh, the daughter of St. Paul, who's going to be talking about this, in the video, I'll link to the video when it comes out tomorrow. Um, she is, her name's Sister Julia, and she works in bookstores for the daughters of St. Paul. And she says that nobody's a clientele of who asks for St. Therese stuff is more varied than St. Therese's clientele. Mm. Uh, and that she'll see, like, you know, tattooed bikers and, like, little Irish grandmothers. Like, it's she's got a good range of people who, oh. are, who are interested in her. Yeah. Uh, but Sister Julia also said something that I thought was really interesting. I'm really excited about sharing this video tomorrow. Um, she says, saints are kind of like your natural relationships in this life in some ways. Because... You don't have to, like, have an amazing devotion to every single saint. Mm -hmm. There are, are, in this life, people who are kind of in your tighter inner circle, close friends, distant relatives, mm -hmm. people who you're like, that's my family, but I don't really get them. 
even that can even happen in the communion of saints. So like maybe you don't get Saint Jerome or Padre Pio or whoever. Well, mm-hmm. well, maybe that's not the closest relationship you're meant to be cultivating right now. Right. Maybe you need to find someone who is like a close spiritual friend. And saints enter your life at different points for different reasons. You know, you have to. You, I have found this in my own life. I mean, I guess this this goes back to when just a couple of years ago when when San Gennaro kind of entered into my life unexpectedly and it was just one I mean well it was a major thing in my life with Roma's brain surgery but um having an awareness of all of the saints and their stories so that you can kind of like the veil is so thin isn't it when when you start to learn about their lives and there's one little thing that just sort of piques your interest and 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 makes you sit up and notice. And then you start looking around and you see them all over the place. Like for instance, Santa, you know, there's that the practice, my family does it, where we um we've got a whole big jar of saint names on paper and we pick one out on New Year's Day, and that's our saint for the year, the saint that picks you. San Gennaro picked Agnes this year. Oh. Isn't that weird? Like of all, I mean, it's just like there's stuff like that that is just like, whoa, what in the world? Uh, Solanus Casey has entered into my life last year. uh, Rose Hawthorne um, started. Rose and Solanus have both been kind of around me lately too. And and so you're just like, and and it might take a while. There are sometimes San Gennaro when when Roma was going through her brain surgery, like San Gennaro came in a very big way and I noticed it right away and, and could see how he was working right away. Whereas like Blessed Solanus, Rose Hawthorne, um, I haven't quite figured it out yet, but I have this awareness of them right now. And so I'm kind of tuned in to them to see like okay where is this i mean i was quoting i was quoting solanus casey just earlier this hour about thanking god ahead of time for instance and it's like okay why do i need to be thinking about thanking god ahead of time right now i don't know i have no idea but i feel like i like this is this is a concept that keeps coming to mind even in conversations on the show um that i don't intend for it to happen and yet something that a guest says makes me think about it. And so it's like, okay, blessed Solanus, I'm I'm watching out. I'm waiting. You know, I have no idea what Rose Hawthorne, you know, this this goes back to the the memoirs of Marianne, you know. By Flannery um, O'Connor. This was like a year ago, I think, mm-hmm. that, that that happened. But And I haven't quite figured out why, but I keep an awareness of Rose Hawthorne and pray through her intercession every day because I'm like, I don't know why you jumped into my life at that point, but I'll sit and wait and see. It happens. You know? And so I this think would be a good use of our, uh, of our uh, social media things and even our YouTube. I want to know what saints have found you. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And how. And I, I'll be really curious yeah. to know, like if people are intrigued by St. Therese now because of what you've just said, Matt, and what you're saying. St. Therese is sneaky. She's she easily is. the sneakiest of the saints. Well, do you remember... How long ago was it? You were, um, you were, you put up, did you put it up on Twitter? I forget where you put oh, it up. Oh, my Spider-Man thing? I'm going to save that for tomorrow. Pi- yeah, the, the pictures my of Spider-Man. Spider-Man Day. Way too She's many crazy sneaky. things happened that day. 
like 17 things happened that day related to St. Therese. I'm going to have to, we'll share that tomorrow. Yeah, so Matt, why is St. Therese, you know, jumping into your life right now? I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking forward to You know what Dorothy Day said about St. Therese as she was protesting, like, nuclear war? She's like, if an atom can cause that kind of large-scale destruction, imagine what St. Therese's little way can do in the spiritual realm. I was like, whoa. (laughs) Whoa. The little way is a spiritual atomic bomb. Wow. There you go. It's a great way to close this conversation. 13 till Kevin Prendergast joins us next. We need your help. Hello, I'm Marianne Kuharski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. Our ads feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy help. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. To donate, please find us at ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. It's the season of chunky soup and chunky sweaters, which means it's also pumpkin coffee season. And the Mystic Monks have their pumpkin spice blend in stock and ready for you to enjoy. And when you go to the Monks through SunriseMorningShow.com, we earn a commission on any flavor coffee or tea that you buy. Why shell out five bucks for a tall PSL when you can customize your own at home and drink it from a Sunrise Morning Show mug that you can find in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee through SunriseMorningShow.com. You Choose Week is here. We're Jerry and Debbie from Take Two on EWTN Radio, and it's your show, and all this week, it's your topics. You Choose Week is a week-long Take Two family topic celebration. You can join the conversation on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie weekdays at noon and midnight Eastern on EWTN Radio, and find us online at Take2Show.com. All week, your topics spark the conversation. It's You Choose Week on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie on EWTN Radio. This is Dr. David Anders. Is God an angry God? We answer questions like these every day on Call to Communion, today at 2 p.m. Eastern. Now, back to the Sunrise Morning Show. Continues. I'm Matt Swaim. It's always great to catch up with pastoral counselor Kevin Prendergast, licensed counselor with plenty of experience as a seminary instructor, also in private practice. Kevin, good morning. Hey, good morning, Matt. So there are people out there who would say there's no such thing as demonic possession. There's, it's all mental illness. But I've also met people who say there's no such thing as mental illness. It's all demonic possession. You've worked with priests and pastors and bishops long enough to know uh, there's all kinds of different things that can cause distress in a person's life. So what's a good way to frame this conversation? Yeah, so the intention of our Holy Father for this month of September is we pray for those living on the margins of society. And just because of my work and experience, uh, where my mind goes right away is to the people who, you know, and, and I've run into 
things that you can't explain just by mental illness. And we can't reduce all of Jesus' miracles to simply, you know, he was a very good therapist and, you know, cured people of their mental illness. But there, but I think in our days, we understand a little bit that some of what was going on there, when we look at a lot of the cures that he has, uh, the boy who throws himself into fire because he's having convulsions, the Gerasene demoniac, we'll talk about him, Mary Magdalene, afflicted with seven demons. So there is a demonic power. We have an enemy for sure. Uh, and the the thing that uh, the image or the story that sticks in my mind when I was a freshman in high school, I was about 13 years old in Cleveland in the inner city. Uh, a priest uh, would take some of us. He recruited a group of guys to go to an inner city school and do some tutoring. And on one of those visits, he would drive us down. We'd have conversations in the car. So we pulled up at this light, and there's uh, an older gentleman on the street corner uh, talking to the lamppost and rooting through a garbage can and looked like he hadn't showered in a couple of years and ragged clothes and wild eyes. And uh, Father Tom got stopped, got out of the car, went over and gave this man a hug and talked to him for a second and patted him on the shoulder and then came back to the car and he said, he's one of ours. Now that's always stuck with me. I don't know why, but that is like one of the most profound things and it kind of sets some motion in, in my life you know, why I'm in the work. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. so great that you mentioned that story. <clears throat> I have a friend who grew up Muslim, uh, had a conversion to Christianity, was a, uh, a big Presbyterian megachurch in New York City for a little mm -hmm. while, but had sort of a crisis of, of uh, you know, the divisions in Christianity were really bothering him, and he wasn't sure where he should be going. And so he decided he'd go pray in St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City, mm -hmm. uh, just in a time when there wasn't a mass going on. And he's there praying, and several pews behind him, uh, he hears this woman who's in obvious mental distress crying loudly, and he sees mm -hmm. a security guard walk over, and he thinks to himself, oh man, she's in trouble, he's going to He's going to do something about this, and he sees the security guard give her a hug, and he's like, all right, I know which church I need to join. <laughs> right? yeah, that's a it's great the same story, kind of principle. Yeah, it's exactly it. And, and I think there's a couple of things here, like in our society, obviously we have a problem with mental illness and with homelessness, and but there's a lot of myths to us. So I think a lot of us are afraid of the people who are different, the other. And I think that's what our Holy Father is getting at, the people on the margins. Uh, so we have these, you know, the, the figures that come from the government, you know, recently are probably 80, 85% of the homeless are single adults. So they're by themselves. They're, in my experience, they're alienated from their family. Two-thirds of them are male. About 30%, one in three, have a mental illness, and more than half have a substance abuse order co-occurring. And that only in a big uh, government study, only about 3% of people with serious mental illness ever commit a violent act. So that's the myth that we have is these people are crazy, they're dangerous, we need to avoid them. And it's not just on the street. You know, our, our Holy Father says he walks through the streets of Rome and he carries money with him and he always gives money to uh, whoever asks him on the street. Okay, some people would disagree with that. Uh, some people think it's wonderful. We have to make our own decision. But being on the streets, one thing, the other one would be uh, people in our own congregation. So my experience with families of folks who have mental illness, this is, uh, can be a lifelong burden. Uh, we have people in our congregations who, uh, parents who have adult children who are severely developmentally delayed, are on the autism spectrum severely, uh, have schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, depression. And we have people probably listening right now 
who are married or have a child at home who has one of these very disabling conditions. So we're not just talking about in, we hear a lot about mental health in the media. These are the severe mental illness where people are impaired, they have difficulty working and they're isolated. Go back and read Mark five, the Gerasene demoniac. Wonderful story there because he's obviously whatever depression, grief, he's up in the burial tombs. People try to chain him. Actually, in parts of Africa, people still do that, uh, chain the schizophrenic to a tree, right, because there's not mental help available. And then he's isolated from the community. And what does Jesus do at the end? He casts out that demon and gives him back to his village, to his community, right? So I think that's a powerful message is if we look around our congregation, not to be afraid or upset or mad that somebody might be acting out during the Mass or is acting odd and we just want to avoid them and run away. But can we reach out to the parents and family members who are struggling to care for their loved one? There's a great national organization, NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and to connect people with support groups, but just the support of our, you know, in our neighborhood and especially in our parish community, that we reach out to people in our, our family who are struggling with mental illness or caring for somebody who's afflicted with you know, some of these mental demons. Well, we are the body of Christ. Uh, when one yeah. part suffers, the whole body suffers, as Paul says. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. how can we find those parts that are suffering and heal them and make them more integrated into the community of the full body? So, mm-hmm. Kevin Prendergast, great stuff this morning. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you yeah. soon. Yeah, thanks, Matt. God bless. Another full hour of the Sunrise Morning Show coming up for many of you listening across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Back right after this, it's three minutes till. If you're planning to give an end-of-the-year gift to Sacred Heart Radio, we are grateful. And there are several ways to give, including a stock gift through your IRA or a donor-advised fund. There's planned giving, employee matching funds. You can send a check, donate online, and more. Contact your financial advisor for more information on the tax benefits of donating to Sacred Heart Radio. And to see and read about all the ways to give, visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Ways to Give. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. Since 1986, twin brothers, doctors David and Michael Rothen, have been providing superior dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The twin dental doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental, located just off the I-275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513-825-6111 and online at twindental.com. It's not over. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. I'm Marianne Koharski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Our messages feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy assistance. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. Please find us at ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. Pro-Life Across America. 
Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait. 513-941-0428. This is Archbishop Dennis Schnur from the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Thursday, the 28th of September. Let's begin by praying a prayer of St. John of the Cross together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. O blessed Jesus, give me stillness of soul in you. Let your mighty calmness reign in me. Rule me, O King of gentleness, King of peace. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. It is a better way to start a Thursday morning, the Sunrise Morning Show, here on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio's sort of uh, first program of the morning. It's the first thing that you get live on your EWTN affiliate, too, is my guess. And uh, we're trying all kinds of new things today. If you get our show notes, you can see us on video this morning. Or you can just go to sunrisemorningshow.com and click on over and see what, uh, see what we look like today. It's a little scary being on video this morning. I got into school for radio, not this. I've got I've to start showering more often. Up this hour, uh, we've got lots to get to. We're going to talk to Dr. John Bergsma in our ongoing series with him based on his book, Love Basics for Catholics. Rita Heikenfeld will talk about beef on Bible foods, the fatted calf. Gary Machuda has more thoughts on how Jesus' teaching style was adapted in such a way to make it very memorable to not just all of his listeners, but especially to the writers of the Gospels, and that's how we can trust the accuracy of their accounts. So stay with us if you can. Right now it is two minutes past. News of service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. Last night's Republican presidential debate went on without frontrunner Donald Trump. Two of the seven candidates took shots at the former president, including over his recent comments on abortion and his belief that heartbeat laws are not politically expedient for Republicans. 
Florida Governor Ron DeSantis pushed back against the claim that pro-life policies are to blame for Republican losses in the midterm elections. I think there's other reasons for that. Uh, the former president, um, you know, he's missing in action tonight. He's had a lot to say about that. He should be here explaining his comments to try to say that pro-life protections are somehow a terrible thing. DeSantis earlier this year signed a six-week abortion ban into law. DeSantis said Trump should be on the debate stage to defend this position. The Susan B. Anthony list responded thanking Governor DeSantis for his commitment to a minimum federal protection for babies in the womb when they feel pain by 15 weeks, saying in a statement that this keeps states free to be as ambitious as possible for life. They said, we thank Senator Tim Scott for raising this vital point in the debate and for advocating these protections for months, as has Vice President Mike Pence. This standard reflects the consensus of seven in 10 Americans, end quote. The U.S. soldier who crossed into North Korea without permission is back in American custody. More from Mark Mayfield. On Wednesday, North Korean state media announced that U.S. Army Private Travis King would be expelled from the country. King was taken into North Korean custody in July after he bolted across the DMZ during a tour rather than board a flight back home to the U.S. North Korea at the time said King confessed that he had illegally entered the country due to alleged inhuman maltreatment and racial discrimination within the U.S. Army. I'm Mark Mayfield. Catholic University of America has announced new security measures which come in response to concerns over public safety in the nation's capital. The D.C. school has established a new Office of Emergency Management, which will provide increased training to the university community. The goal is to better respond to emergencies, including improved communications, sheltering in place and evacuation of buildings. The program manager for the new office previously worked with the D.C. Homeland Security and Emergency Management Agency. Pope Francis used his general audience yesterday to reflect on his short visit over the weekend to Marseille, France, to help close the Mediterranean meetings. The Holy Father said during the general audience that the challenge is that, quote, the Mediterranean might recover its vocation, that of being a laboratory of civilization and peace. He said... The Mediterranean is the cradle of civilization, and a cradle is for life. It is not tolerable that it become a tomb. Neither should it be a place of conflict, end quote. The bishops of Canada say reconciliation with indigenous peoples is advancing. From Vatican Radio, Lisa Zingarini reports. In his introductory remarks on Monday, Bishop Raymond Poisson pointed to the significant progress achieved in the long journey of healing and reconciliation with indigenous peoples, reiterating that Pope Francis' penitential pilgrimage to Canada and his heartfelt apologies have inspired the Canadian bishops to make new forays in their individual and collective pastoral engagements with indigenous peoples. He recalled in particular the publication of the bishop's four pastoral letters on reconciliation, which he said will hopefully serve as a framework for furthering relationships of trust for years to come. Bishop Poisson further remarked that the Indigenous Reconciliation Fund, established in 2022, has so far collected the record sum of $11 million and is well on track to exceed the five-year target of $30 million the bishops pledged two years ago. 
Even more encouraging, he added, are the projects being initiated by indigenous peoples at the local level supported by the dioceses. Bishop Poisson also recalled the milestone statement issued earlier this year by the Vatican Dicasteries for Culture and Education and for Promoting Integral Development, rejecting the centuries-old doctrine of discovery that was used to justify the elimination of indigenous peoples' culture and livelihoods. Finally, the head of the Canadian bishops emphasized that in this journey towards healing and reconciliation, the key word is accompaniment. To those who wish to walk with us, he said, what we can offer as Christians and shepherds is empathy, compassion and prayer, so that this journey may culminate in true freedom and lasting hope. I am Lisa Zingarini. And Aussie Albies hit a walk-off RBI single in the bottom of the 10th inning to lift the Atlanta Braves over the Chicago Cubs 6-5 to yesterday. He also hit his 33rd home run of, of the season in the win and finished the day 3-for-5 with 3 RBI. Ronald Acuna Jr. stole a base in the 10th to become the first player in MLB history with 40 homers and 70 stolen bases in a single season. Wow. So now the Cubs fall into a tie with the Marlins for the final NL wildcard spot. With the Reds a game and a half back, but the Reds Matt, don't play today. What? I'm, I'm not hopeful about this. Well, you know, it's, it's baseball. Anything can happen. I mean, um, that's true, but... Arizona just... does look pretty set up for that second wildcard spot. That third one could go a lot of different directions. I know it doesn't sound like it, but there's a lot of baseball left to play. But that's not my takeaway from yesterday, just so you know. Oh, what's your takeaway from yesterday? So I was listening to uh, Father Philip Tangora's uh, Mets Uh uh, as they handled easily the Florida Marlins, the Miami Marlins yesterday. And at some point in the old mix, old habits die hard. Yeah, old habits die hard. At some point <laughs> in the mix, they had an older broadcaster on the Mets broadcast and a younger broadcaster mm-hmm. on the Mets broadcast. And at some point, the younger broadcaster mentioned that he went through a lot of his young life before he realized that Tommy John was an actual baseball player. And I was like, "Come on, come on, Mets, Mets broadcasters, you? you should know. Tommy, Tommy John, John is not just the name of a surgery." It's the name of a guy who pitched for something like 28 I seasons. I would really, really love to I got know. lots of Tommy John baseball Wait, cards. Wait, can you tell me, did he say, like, where he thought the term Tommy John su- surgery came from? He might not have did even thought know? it was, like, a real person. It's like, you just oh, like, man, that just baseball random, hit me in the Tommy John part of my elbow. and You know, here we are in this nominalist culture. You know, you just call it something, and that's what it is, I It's guess. only the Tommy John surgery because you call it the because Tommy John surgery. Because you call it the Tommy John <laughs> Thank Nominalism you, William of Ockham. rearing its ugly head Thank once you, again. Thank you, William of Ockham. Thank you, William of Ockham. Is that where you thought that conversation was going to go, Anna Mitchell? No, not in the least. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Today is Thursday, September the 28th. It is the Feast of St. Wenceslas. Yes, good King Wenceslas looked down on the Feast of Steve. That King Wenceslas. It's his feast day today. It's also my 10th anniversary. Happy anniversary, Will. Joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Dr. John Berksma. We've been going through his book, Love Basics for Catholics. Good morning, Doc. 
Good morning, Anna. So we are in the chapter in your book focusing on the wedding at Cana um, as we look at, well, actually, this chapter is not focused on the wedding at Cana. It's focused on Jesus as the bridegroom, particularly in the Gospel of John. Today, we are going to be unpacking the wedding at Cana, which is in John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. I will read them now. On the third day, there was a marriage at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus was also invited to the marriage with his disciples. When the wine failed, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, O woman, what have you to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now, six stone jars were standing there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, now draw some out and take it to the steward of the feast. So they took it. When the steward of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man serves the good wine first, and when the men have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Now, Doc, Jesus performs this miracle as a guest at this wedding. I mean, he's just being a really good friend, making sure that this family isn't embarrassed for running out of wine too early, right? I mean, or is it more than that? Well, it's interesting. You know, there's always deeper meanings to the stories, especially in the Gospel of John, elsewhere as well. But um, I think the key to understanding this account, Anna, is to ask ourselves the question, whose job did Jesus do at this wedding? Mm -hmm. And we know, I mean, there's hints of this in the text, and we know it from ancient Jewish culture, that it was the responsibility of the bridegroom to provide the wine. You know, this is his wedding responsibility, just like in our culture, you know, the father, the bride pays for the wedding, and the father, the groom for the rehearsal dinner, and so on. You divvy up the responsibilities But in your culture. So the bridegroom uh, was supposed to do this, and so... Jesus actually did the job of the bridegroom here, and that is super significant considering the prophetic tradition about God as bridegroom of Israel and and of the king also as a kind of proxy bridegroom for God, the son of David as bridegroom of Israel. And Jesus, of course, is both. He's both God and the son of David, so he is showing himself to be a super bridegroom here. Doc, can you talk about this exchange between Jesus and his mother? It says, um, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, a woman, what have you to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And then she says, do whatever he tells you. What's that about? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, of course, it happened. Um, It's historical, but it also teaches us prayer. Look at the Blessed Mother. She She doesn't conjole or insist to just makes the need known right mm-hmm. they have no wine this is a good way to pray just make our needs known to christ and then leave it in his hands so do whatever he tells you yeah 
best advice in the world, right? Um, but then I, I don't know why translators render this, you know, what have you to do with me? It sounds like, it sounds so, you know, disrespectful. Yeah. But if you look in the Greek, it's like, it's, uh, it's more like, why is this a concern to us? Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think that translation that we have in most Bibles can be justified. It's, it's again, why is this a concern to us? So, and, and what our Lord is, is saying there is, you know, we're guests here, et cetera. And, and furthermore, um, he says, my hour has not yet come, which is a very interesting response, Anna, because the implied request is, could you do something about the lack of wine? Could you produce wine? You know, and Jesus doesn't say, no, my mission was not to produce wine. I'm the Messiah. You know, I got to go die for the people. He doesn't say that. He says, my hour has not yet come, which implies that there is going to be an hour that's going to arrive where he's going to provide wine for a wedding, um, but not yet. Hmm. And, of course, that's looking forward to the only other place in the Gospel of John where he provides liquid from his body. Wow. Wow. Um, Okay, at the end of this passage. It says this, the first of his signs. All right, I get that. Jesus did it, Cana and Galilee. I get that. And then it says, and manifested his glory. I mean, I know he brought the party here, Dr. Bergsma, <laughs> but how does this manifest his glory? Yes, 180 gallons, the finest French import here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is pretty amazing. I'm sure that Jesus was getting invitations from every young couple in Galilee after performing this. Like, yeah. oh, remember that teacher from Nazareth? Make sure he gets an invite, Sarah. <laughs> you know? So, um, but it's but the, the you know John is the gospel of signs, and so this tremendous abundance of wine harks back to Isaiah 25, which promises a banquet of tremendous wine of the choicest finest wines on mount zion um in in the at the end of time and jesus is is signaling that that is approaching and this wine of this abundance harks us back to john chapter one where it says from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace Mm. some translations say from his abundance Mm. and the Super abundance of wine here is a sign of the infinite num- amount of grace that's available in every Eucharist if we would just have faith to open our hearts to receive it. Beautifully put. I love in, in verse 2, it says, I love this translation in verse 2 that says, Jesus was also invited to the marriage. I think a lesson for all of us who are married. Invite Jesus to the marriage. We've been talking to Dr. John Bergsma. You can find Love Basics for Catholics linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Dr. Bergsma, thank you so much. You bet. Talk to you next time. Sounds good. All right, it's 18 past. We're back with headlines right after this.
The new feature film, Mother Teresa and Me, sponsored by Fathom Events, is in theaters Thursday, October 5th. Mother Teresa and Me weaves together the stories of two women, Mother Teresa, who served the poor with love amidst her dark night of the soul, and Kavita, a young woman who is searching for love while struggling with her unexpected pregnancy. Mother Teresa and Me, in theaters Thursday, October 5th. More information at fathomevents.com. That's fathomevents.com. Central Fabricators is proud to support the Sunrise Morning Show, where you'll get news from the Catholic perspective while keeping you up to date on what's happening in the Vatican as well. It's also a great way to keep in touch with the Catholic faith throughout the week. Central Fabricators, based in Cincinnati, Ohio, is a family-owned business for over 75 years, manufacturing and repairing corrosion-resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. On the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. Waking up with Mystic Monk Coffee is definitely a better way to start your day. Not only are you getting a great cup of coffee, but your purchase helps support the life of the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming. And your purchase can also help our work. All you need to do is go first to sonrisemorningshow.com. When you click the Mystic Monk link on the side of the page, we earn a commission. Support the monks and support the Sunrise Morning Show. Click the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com. That's sonrisemorningshow.com. This month's devotion is to Our Lady of Sorrows. We ask Mary to pray for us so that we can unite ourselves to her in her sorrow in the hope that we will one day also share her joy in the triumph of her son. Join in this devotion to Mary and strengthen our connection to Our Lady with rosaries, statues, bracelets, holy cards, prayer booklets, and more. Available at EWTNRC.com. 20 past. Here's Anna with headlines. Last night's Republican presidential debate went on without frontrunner Donald Trump. The Archdiocese of Detroit has a new auxiliary bishop. It is the now former bishop of Steubenville. And during his general audience yesterday, Pope Francis made another appeal for the people of Ukraine. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. And if you go to sunrisemorningshow.com, as of today, we finally got the video stream going. So head on over to sunrisemorningshow.com, click the show notes, click over to the video stream, and say hello. It's 21 past. Did you just receive a Sacred Heart Radio t-shirt because you took our listener survey? One thing the survey told us was how many of you found out about Sacred Heart Radio from our bumper magnets. So imagine how many more will know where they can hear about God's love and mercy by wearing your Sacred Heart Radio t-shirt. So thank you for letting the good news be told without saying a word. Every time you wear your Sacred Heart Radio t-shirt and by ordering our bumper magnets by going to sacredheartradio.com and clicking on signs and magnets. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Elizabeth's New Life Center, serving at-risk pregnant women and their babies for more than 30 years. Join them for their South Partnership Celebration, October 5th and 6th, with inspirational keynote speakers, Bishop Earl Fernandez from the Diocese of Columbus and Dr. Ashley Fernandez, Associate Director of the Center for Bioethics at OSU. More information at their website, enlc.life. That's enlc.life. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. What makes this marriage prep program unique is you will have two days as a couple to delve into important subjects 
that will affect your relationship together for the rest of your lives. More time for prayer and reconciliation and closing the weekend with Mass. More information is at Cincinnati-Covington.EngagedEncounter.com. That's Cincinnati-Covington.EngagedEncounter.com. Hi, I'm Jim Akers, board member with the Cincinnati chapter of Legatus. Catholic business leaders and their spouses meeting the challenge of balancing faith, family, and business. We meet once a month for Mass and dinner, along with a local or national speaker and a wonderful venue throughout the city. Many of our speakers you have heard right here on Sacred Heart Radio. Please think about joining our group of Catholic leaders and become an ambassador for Christ in your business or profession. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. Sunrise Morning Show continues on this Thursday, the 28th of September. It is time for Bible Foods, and it's always great to catch up with Rita Heikenfeld from AboutEating.com, who's got great insights into what foods are mentioned in the Bible and great ideas for simple, straightforward recipes you can actually make for you and your family. Rita, good morning. Good morning, and when we talk about this recipe... Like I tell you a lot of times, I want your take on it, because I have a feeling you've got some opinions. Oh, I've cheated ahead to look at your <laughs> recipe, and I've got some opinions. So uh, we're talking about beef today, mm-hmm. and beef we eat all the time here in the United States of America. You would not have eaten it as often in Bible times, right? No, um, and it's interesting as far as where it's, it's mentioned. Um, Proverbs, I love this one, better it is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fatted ox and hatred with it, sort of like it's always not just about the food, but who shares it with you. And then in Luke, uh, that very familiar passage about the prodigal son when he returned home being led, um, being fed a fatted calf. And, you know, um, when you think of it, was it a common food? Not really, because cows and oxen back then, Matt, were used basically for, like work uh, work animals, plowing fields. Yeah, it'd be like eating the employees. That'd be yeah, no good. exactly. Yeah, they were just considered too valuable by most folks just to be used for meat, on, especially on an everyday basis. Um, they were uh, common, most likely, but again, not eaten as such. But then on special occasions, like if you had somebody come to your house, um, sometimes holidays, receptions, what they called... Um, a fatted calf, like mentioned in Proverbs up there, it was specially cared for and fattened, and that was taken from the herd to be butchered and roasted, just a special calf. And I think uh, probably the most famous example of the fatted calf being killed is when we hear the story of the prodigal son, right? Where yes. the son runs off and is, you know, hanging out, eating pods that the pigs don't eat, and then finally comes back and, you know, asks for forgiveness, and the father does just that, right? He kills the fatted calf. Uh, but what about the uh, the animals that were sacrificed? Because these cows, cattle were involved in this too. Oh, yeah. And we need to remember that, that most of the cattle wasn't penned and fed grain, which was back then considered a human food. Um, so the fatted calf, which was probably fed grain from my research, really was considered a luxury meat. Um, and, and what they did, they liked the calf, what we call veal, because it was smaller so it wasn't only more manageable to cook, Matt, but there, was, there were usually enough people um, present to eat all the meat, so there was no waste. Remember, there was no refrigeration, so that's why um, they used the calf rather than the, the older um, animal. Right, because you and, you and Frank can go to a local farm and say, we want a side of beef, and that'll last you the winter, right? Oh, you couldn't sure. exactly do that back then because there's no 
It's not like you can throw it in a deep freezer for sure. Uh, and then, of course, this would not be something that uh, would be common people food anyway, right? Because for you to have that fatted calf and something to spare, you'd probably be on the wealthy side. Yeah, um, and back then, too, some animals were provided, as I said, for public feasts, and they were sacrificed to God. And then, um, I don't know how many people know this, but the blood of the animal was poured out before God, and that was a way of making up for their sins. And so the meat was considered consecrated, actually, and then the guests were then considered to be eating divine food. So not just like you said, going to the restaurant and eating a steak. Right. So very special. And, of course, we see all kinds of references to this throughout the scriptures. But how would they have uh, eaten it in terms of, you know, the cooking? Because I don't think that they probably had, you know, a a Weber grill in the back either. No, but you know what? They may do. They uh, spit roasted it over an open fire, sort of like people are doing today, going back to those ancient ways of cooking. Sometimes they boiled it in cauldrons. um, And sometimes they cooked it with water uh, to sort of make like a soup or a stew. And then um, if, if it was a stew, that was considered good enough to be uh, served to honor guests. All right. So I want to know about your campfire hobo dinners in a packet because this is perfect camping season, the fall. Uh, I don't like camping in the summer as much because it's too hot. I like mm-hmm. it when I can throw on a polar fleece, sit in front of a fire, put something in a foil packet, and just sit there and watch it cook. Well, this is your dinner then. This is um, it's a, a sort of a two-parter. First of all, we're going to do some burgers. And I like to use lean ground beef and then put a little olive oil in the beef um, if it's very lean so that it grills well. And then sometimes I'll add some, get this, some powdered ranch dressing or, you know, like just the dried Italian seasoning to it. And then a shake or two of the Canadian steak seasoning. Um, So you mix that up, the beef, a little olive oil, the seasonings. And then if I have any parsley, I'll throw that in just for color. Um, and so I just mix all that up and, and make burgers. And when I make the burgers, I'll poke a hole in the center. And you want to tell everybody why we do that? Yes, that's because your burgers don't come out looking like meatballs if you grill, if you, if you grill them that way by putting the, the thumbprint in the middle. I've been using that trick since you told it to me like 15 years ago. I know, I know. An oldie but a goodie. Anyway, and um, so you've got that mixture, and then you're going to have some cheese. And then what you're going to do, you're going to take some foil um, and put a, a nice slice of onion on it. And then I usually dice up some potatoes and mushrooms um, really fine, and then I'll, again, add a little olive oil and, and some steak seasoning to that. And then I'll have the uh, onion on the bottom, the burger on the top, and the potato-mushroom mixture, and then I'll um, boil those up. And right before uh, we eat them, when we take them off the grill, I'll put a slice of cheese on so it melts really quick. And you can vary the toppings, whatever you like, but it's a wonderful um, campfire or grill dinner for fall. So you know how I was thinking? You were talking about Canadian steak seasoning and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. I was still thinking North America, but as I was looking at this, I was like, you know, you could swap out a little chili powder and a squeeze of lime in there and do Mexican hobo sounds, dinner in a packet. That sounds that sounds like the next Maybe meal a for me. Poblano pepper in there. Ah, this, there's endless possibilities, Rita, mm-hmm. based on the way you've set this up. But we've got the recipe linked in the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. It'll take you right over to abouteating.com. Rita Heikenfeld, have a great day. I will, and I'll talk to you next week, Matt. Half past the hour, here's Anna with news. 
Good morning. The Bishop of Steubenville has been moved to the Archdiocese of Detroit. The Holy See announced today that Bishop Jeffrey Montfortin will head to Detroit to serve as an auxiliary bishop under Archbishop Alan Vignerone. This coming after some controversy in the Diocese of Steubenville over whether it should be incorporated into the Diocese of Columbus. Last night's Republican presidential debate went on without frontrunner Donald Trump. Two of the seven candidates took shots at the former president, including over his recent comments on abortion and his belief that heartbeat laws are not politically expedient. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis pushed back at the claim that pro-life policies are to blame for Republican losses in the midterms. I think there's other reasons for that. Uh, the former president, um, you know, he's missing in action tonight. He's had a lot to say about that. He should be here explaining his comments to try to say that pro-life protections are somehow a terrible thing. DeSantis earlier this year signed a heartbeat law. DeSantis said he should be on the debate stage defending the position. The Susan B. Anthony list responded to the debate saying, quote, we thank Governor Ron DeSantis for his commitment to support minimum federal protections for babies in the womb when they feel pain by 15 weeks while keeping states free to be as ambitious as possible for life. We thank Senator Tim Scott, they say, for raising this vital point in the debate and for advocating these protections for months, as has Vice President Mike Pence. This standard reflects the consensus of seven in 10 Americans, end quote. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott said a balanced budget amendment is necessary to get the country back on track during the debate last night. Trey Thomas has more. South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley sparred with Scott over the nation's debt. I, I appreciate Tim. We've known each other a long time, but he's been there 12 years and he hasn't done any of that. He well, hasn't. Geez. They've only given four uh, budgets well, on time in 40 years. He was part of that. Biggest, he increased the national in the debt. History. He voted for the spending. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said leadership is key to the debt issue. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum said he's presided over a balanced budget in his state. I'm Trey Thomas. During his general audience yesterday, Pope Francis reflected on his visit last weekend to Marseille, France to close the Mediterranean meetings. The Pope said he found passion and enthusiasm there, and he prayed that Our Lady, quote, accompany the journey of the peoples of the Mediterranean, so that this region might become what it has always been called to be, a mosaic of civilization and hope, end quote. The Holy Father also made another appeal for the people of Ukraine during his general audience, encouraging the faithful to, quote, remember your brothers and sisters forced to leave their war-torn homeland who seek help, refuge, and goodwill. He told Polish pilgrims particularly to show them a Christ-like welcome. United Auto Workers President Sean Fain will make an announcement tomorrow morning on the union's next possible expansion of their strike against Detroit's big three automakers. Last Friday, Fain expanded the workers' strike from three plants, one from each of the big three, to add 38 GM and Stellantis plants. Ford did not see any additional plants affected by the strike due to the progress they've made in the contract talks. Roughly 60% of U.S. consumers across all income levels are apparently living paycheck to paycheck. Mark Mayfield has more. That's according to new reports from Payments and Lending Club, who found that those living paycheck to paycheck include 45% of high-income consumers who make more than $100,000 a year. About 76% of people making less than $50,000 a year reported they were barely making ends meet. 
The numbers are almost unchanged from last year and in line with a CNBC study that also found 6 in 10 Americans live paycheck to paycheck. I'm Mark Mayfield. The American soldier released from North Korea this week arrived in Texas overnight. U.S. authorities took custody of 23-year-old Travis King on Wednesday at the China-Korea border. King will now be medically evaluated at the Brook Army Medical Center. The Army private was reportedly facing disciplinary problems when he crossed the border between North and South Korea in July. And scientists are reporting a rare sighting of a deep-sea creature northwest of Hawaii. A Dumbo octopus was recently spotted on the seamount about a mile below the surface of the Pacific Ocean. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 minutes past the hour. Have you used our QR code to download the Sacred Heart Radio app? The app lets you hear Sacred Heart Radio from anywhere and gives you access to the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith podcast. To get the app, visit sacredheartradio.com and scan the QR code. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. During the hottest of weather, Schneller Knockelman will keep you cool with air conditioning repair, installation, and maintenance. Schneller Knockelman. Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. Every day, members of St. Vincent de Paul, Cincinnati, answer Christ's call, providing spiritual, emotional, and material assistance to neighbors in need. You can help when you donate your unwanted clothing, furniture, household items, or car. Visit 421care.org. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this feast of Good King Wenceslas, Thursday, September the 28th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Might want to keep the umbrella handy today just in case. Right now, temperatures in the lower 60s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be mostly cloudy skies today with some spotty light rain and a high of 76. Partly cloudy tonight and drying out with an overnight low of 60. It'll be mostly sunny and warmer tomorrow with a high of 80 degrees. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, scattered showers with a chance of thunderstorms today, a high of 72. Scattered showers through midnight tonight with areas of fog developing and an overnight low of 60. Some morning fog, then partly sunny tomorrow with a high of 78. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. We thank you for joining us on this Thursday, the 28th of September. Thank you especially to those of you who've been brave enough to check out our Sunrise Morning Show video live stream on the first day we're trying it. Uh, so you all have lots of lots of patience, and we thank you. Uh, thanks to Travis, by the way, working behind the scenes to make this happen in the first place. You can't see Travis unless he at some point pokes his head on one of these cameras, but mad kudos to Travis for making it happen. Gary Machuda knows what this is about. He's been doing these kinds of things for years. Gary Machuda now joining us from Hands-On Apologetics. And it's a great resource for all kinds of ways to better understand the Catholic faith and help better explain it to people who ask you about it. Gary, good morning. Morning, Matt. All right, so today we are continuing our series on the ways that Jesus made his teachings memorable to his audience. 
And you've got some really interesting stuff to say about these kind of undesigned coincidences, meaning that there are some things where all these guys are telling different stories, quote unquote, or maybe they're telling the same story in different ways, but they tell them in just enough of a similar way that shows us that this probably happened. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I got to give a hat tip to uh, Lydia McGrew's book, uh, Hidden Plain View, Undesigned Coincidences in the Gospels Next. Because in that book, she she goes through numerous examples. I just give a couple in my book of how these like little offhanded comments in one gospel will explain things that aren't explained in other gospels. Now, the the example I give in my book is the feeding of the 5,000. And, uh, for example, in Mark, Mark 6, 39, he makes a little offhanded comment that uh, the crowds, there, there was a lot of green grass there. And that comment probably doesn't mean much to, to us today, especially here in America in the fall, right? I mean, <laughs> we got lots of green grass. What difference does it make? But, you know, in the ancient Middle East, uh, it's an arid region, and you only get green grass at certain points of the time, such as in spring when it's rainy. Now, what's interesting is if you look at the Gospel of John, when his recounting of the feeding of the 5,000 in John 6.10, he makes a, another offhanded comment saying that the, the Feast of Passover was near. And the Feast of Passover takes place in the spring, which is when you get green grass, which is mentioned in Mark. So you can see how the two Gospels, you know, unintentionally and without any design, uh, more or less point to the same phenomenon. It is fa- <clears throat> fascinating for a number of reasons, among them that it would be weird for the four Gospel writers to conspire together and say, all right, I'm going to leave out this detail, but you make sure to include it in yours. So that if our if we get quizzed, we'll make sure that our testimonies mass uh, you know match up or whatever, and uh, I'll make sure not to mention it. So you get to have full credit for noticing the greenness of the grass, Mark. And that would be weird, right? Yeah, <laughs> it, exactly. it actually points yeah. more likely to the fact that this organically really did happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, here's another one that that's cool, and there's there's lots and lots of these in Matthew. Uh, it records Herod's words about Jesus. You know, he says, this is John the Baptist who has been raised from the dead. And he puts down that Herod says this to his servants. Okay. That's pretty innocuous. We probably read it a million times, never really thought about it. But why is that important? Well, actually, in Luke's gospel, on a completely unrelated topic, we learned that one of the followers of Jesus is Joanna, who was the wife of Cusa, who was the household manager for Herod. So Luke tells us that we had a, there was a Christian who was in the household. So when Matthew records that Herod says this to his servants, she might have been there, or perhaps her husband was there and told her about what Herod said. So again, you know, that those are two completely unrelated instances that helps fill out the story, and that points to authenticity. You know, it's interesting, too, Gary, as we read the Gospels, we're reading them a couple thousand years after the fact. And mm-hmm. it can be easy for us to sort of think about how people write books today, that they would sit down in their office 
and in the privacy of their own home think, what do I want to have to say about something? Maybe pick a book or two off of their shelf and research it and add some citations. I'm sure you did a little bit of that when you were putting together your book, The Gospel Truth. But in the case of the uh, gospel writers, these men are living in a largely illiterate culture, uh, saturated in the oral tradition. These would have been stories that they had told out loud to one another a hundred times, a thousand times. And somebody would say, Mark, you tell the story, right? Because Mark tells the story a certain way. Just like if you've been in a room full of people and there's a story that your whole family knows and everybody's heard a million times and somebody starts telling it, there's a certain person who tells it really well, right? And you're like, yeah, let Bob tell this one, right? It's this is You start to sort of get a really sort of organic and authentic picture of the gospel narratives and how they developed into the text. Yeah, yeah. And what's beautiful is how they they feather together, right? Uh, Critics will point to supposed contradictions or, you know, difficulties in the different accounts. And they'll use that as evidence against the uh, reliability of the gospels. Well, what Lydia McGrew shows in this book is that there's a flip side to that, that if those count against the reliability of the Gospels, how do you account for all these undesigned uh, coincidences that fit together like a hand in glove? I mean, obviously, there wasn't, like you said, there wasn't a conspiracy. It wasn't like, okay, let's look over here and we could take this and, and put it into our story. Uh, these are just offhanded remarks, and yet, you know, they all fit together and give a coherent view of what's going on. Yeah, and uh, we know this in in everyday life in a hundred different ways, right? Uh, yeah. When we go to someone's funeral, you're going to hear a room full of people who are all telling stories about a person that are true. And if only one person was able to tell the story, you'd get a pretty good picture of the deceased, the beloved person in your life who's passed on. But you get right. four voices each telling a story, and suddenly you get a much fuller picture still true right but it gives you different flavors and angles and facets of who that person is and i'm just sort of struck as we go through this series uh together gary the genius of four different accounts being included i mean we we could have been stuck with one gospel reading which would have been great and true but my goodness having three more is an incredible thing when you look at what it shows you about christ Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it really is like in 4D. <laughs> There's like all these different dimensions, and, and they're not incoherent, right? <clears throat> yeah, there will be difficulties, but they all, <clears throat> they all feather together in that one coherent view. Well, if our listeners want to get a copy of your book, The Gospel Truth, which digs into some of these ways that we know that the gospel accounts that we have are reliable accounts, Gary Machuda, how do they do so? Yeah, just go to stpaulcenter.com and uh, pick up Gospel Truth. And Hands-On Apologetics is a great place to be as well. There's just tons of good stuff on there. And Gary's always he's always finding cool new angles of arguments you may have heard a hundred different ways, but you probably hadn't heard this weird thing that Gary found. So go check out Hands-On Apologetics. Gary, have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Matt. All right. Coming up next here on the Sunrise Morning Show, Anna Mitchell joins me. We talk more about today's feast of Good King Wenceslas. It is a quarter before the hour. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. 
there is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare. 844-334-3245. Mystic Monk Coffee has brought back their pumpkin spice blend, and unlike the competition, buying their coffee has the added bonus of supporting the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming and the Sunrise Morning Show. Go to sunrisemorningshow.com and click the Mystic Monk link to get that or any of their other coffee blends or teas. When you check out, we earn a commission. And there's no better vessel for your Mystic Monk pumpkin spice latte than a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug. Find those in our online store. Do pumpkin spice the Catholic way. Just head on over to sonrisemorningshow.com. Saints Alive is a radio theater podcast for kids that tells the story of the saints filled with adventure, heroism, virtue, and humor. You can hear Saints Alive as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free at EWTN Podcast Central. Visit EWTNRadio.net slash podcasts today. This is Dr. David Anders. Is God an angry God? We answer questions like these every day on Call to Communion, today at 2 p.m. Eastern. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. 13 till, here's Anna with headlines. The Bishop of Steubenville has been moved to be an auxiliary bishop in the Archdiocese of Detroit. Last night's Republican presidential debate went on without frontrunner Donald Trump, and Pope Francis used his general audience yesterday to reflect on his short visit over the weekend to Marseille, France, to help close out the Mediterranean meetings. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show, and today the feast of good King Wenceslas, who, uh, he's one of those saints who gets a couple mentions a year. Usually at Christmas. It's usually Christmas. It's a great Christmas carol. Because if you recall, good King Wenceslas looked out on the, on the Feast of Stephen. Stephen, which is There he December ordered a pizza, 26th. deep and crisp and even, deep pan, crisp and even. But at any rate, St. Wenceslas is uh, that was a saint that nobody, nobody really knows a ton about. Maybe you know the name, but we do have information about him. He was a king. Obviously, but he was a virtuous king and a king whose virtue actually had some some pretty real cost to it. Uh, and I think it's a really good life for us to reflect on, given all the kind of conversations that go on, especially as we get closer and closer to November. Well, I think it very interesting, first of all, that his family was converted by Cyril and Methodius. How cool is that? And he has a grandmother who is a saint, um, Saint Ludmilla. I think is how you pronounce it. But anyway, he um, he becomes the Duke of Bohemia and is murdered by his brother for political reasons. And yet he is considered a martyr. So he was murdered for political reasons, but is considered a martyr. 
So a martyr is someone who is killed in hatred of the faith. And so basically Wenceslas was murdered for his politics, which were inseparable from his faith. What a lesson for all of us. I mean, we have other um, we have other examples of, of saintly kings, obviously. Louis the Louis Ninth the is Ninth. somebody that, that comes mm-hmm. to mind most readily. Um, but this idea that our politics should not be separated from our faith is almost anathema in the American culture because your faith has no bearing when you have this idea of separation of church and faith or church and state, right? I mean, well... That's how, the, that's how that's the narrative how they, goes out there. That's how the narrative goes. So there's a couple goes. different ways the narrative goes. One is that you should keep your faith over in one box and that you should uh, have your politics over in the other and never mm-hmm. the twain shall meet. Mm-hmm. And if you bring your faith in, you're encouraging a theocracy or you're some kind of a Christian nationalist who wants mm-hmm. to impose Christian belief into you know, forced baptisms and all these other things. It's It's a messy thing out there. Now... Uh, we as faithful Catholics tend to look at this and be like, man, I wish our political process had a lot more Catholic principles in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and often when I hear these conversations go on, people are like, I wish X politician would do this thing right. more in line with their Catholic faith. Well, unfortunately, I don't really have much control or power over that. So I tend to not waste too much brain space on that. I leave that in the realm of prayer. Yeah. What I tend to think about when I look at this idea of faith and politics and how it works is like, what is my primary point of reference for how I live and think and breathe and act mm-hmm. and react in this world? Because part of what the political process does is it acts sort of as like a like a substitute magisterium. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of walks into your life and says, "Well, it's so you believe this thing. Well, let me tell you which parts of that thing are the most important, which parts you don't have to worry about, mm-hmm. according to our political principles that us, you know, we in the political Right. realm kind of decided it acts like a magisterium for us a lot of the times if we're not careful it'll tell us it'll interpret our faith for us and tell us which pieces are important well yeah do you want some examples uh are you going to get us all in trouble anna mitchell by May, i well i hope not but i i would just like to offer some examples because i think sure. that we um i mean you and i both hate this two-party system that the United States has because both parties have things that are really not in line with what Catholic political thought should be. We should be thinking about the common good. So that means everyone. And of course, we as Catholics most readily think about the unborn in this instance, right? Well, um, I was just hearing from someone who will remain nameless but has um, but has some ins in Washington, we shall say. And he said he was talking to a Republican uh, leader of some kind and was explaining to him that if we had a, a Catholic pro-life ruler in office – um, in in the executive branch, that that president could interpret the Fourteenth Amendment to protect the unborn child in the womb, which of course the Fourteenth Amendment is equal protection under the law. And if we believe that life begins at conception, then that is a human person at conception and should be covered under the Fourteenth Amendment. 
Well, this Republican leader responded saying, well, if we misuse executive power like that, we're no better than the Democrats. So basically was comparing equal protection for the unborn and ending abortion in that way to like ordering the military to salute pride flags. Like as like looking at this as a misuse of executive power. Like, really? I I mean, honestly, I think this idea of of states rights has turned abortion into the new slavery. It's Mm -hmm. like you will be protected depending on what state you are in. And Which that is not, is a not okay. Question. That well, is and it's not also, a question. It's also kind of become clear that, you know, a lot of people who were involved in the pro-life movement at the federal level didn't understand necessarily what the end game was. The end game was not Roe versus Wade. The end game is overhauling the culture of death. Exactly. <laughs> so Exactly. This was not game. about returning it to the states, no matter what the right. Dobbs decision that's says. That's one piece of the process. But it's a process that I think step. we all know, state by state, has gone in, in very different directions very different depending directions. on where you are. So if your only plan was Supreme Court justices, now you've got to figure out, well, what was the point of the Supreme Court justices? Because everybody's fighting a different kind of battle in different kinds of states. We we talk about Ohio on here. We've talked about Michigan mm-hmm. on here. We talked about Kansas. We talked about a number of places. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to back it off of like sort of the policies and the and, and the whatever, it is so easy. I mean, the political world is so hot and loud. You're playing like some clips from the debate and Paul. <laughs> you know, has my mic in his in queue, and I'm just hearing them yell, and I'm over here going just like, ah, stop, You're stop, losing right? your mind. I'm just like, listening please to just one stop yelling, argument. right? And it's yeah. for like 45 seconds of a debate, and what that causes us to do is it causes us to usually divide against one another, people who should be on the same side. It usually causes us to um, maybe pursue a noble goal but using unvirtuous means Mm -hmm. it causes us to um, dehumanize while in pursuit of an issue that is at the heart of human dignity (laughs) i mean these are all the things that kind of happen to us so when i look at a king wednesday's loss and i see a guy whose faith and whose political leadership were so intertwined that it cost him his life i think well at least it can be done yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a good point. It's so, a good point. And again, I can't control any of those people on those debate stages no. that we're going to see all over the place. Mm-hmm. But I can control me and I can control where my perspective comes from. Mm-hmm. And I want it to come from the heart of the church, yep. not from the headlines. And so. particularly when we get into these conversations as you know the political process rolls on, yep. just remember that too. That's something we can control how we respond to those. Good King Wenceslas, pray for us. us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Sacred Heart Radio is your local Catholic station and your source for news from the Catholic perspective. SacredHeartRadio.com is where you can find and share information on issues facing Ohio in November that are so important to the pro-life community. And that's not to mention our commitment to prayer. At SacredHeartRadio.com, you'll find resources and events to help you pray for a culture of life. So please visit SacredHeartRadio.com, your local source for pro-life information and prayer. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. 
Since 1986, twin brothers Drs. David and Michael Rothen have been providing superior dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The twin dental doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental, located just off the I-275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513-825-6111 and online at twindental.com. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. With 30 years of trusted, quality service and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MADE or at mollymade.com. Molly Maid, a clean you can trust. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Justin at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Michael's Rosaries and Religious Articles in beautiful Miamisburg. Unique rosaries including custom-made, one-of-a-kind rosaries and Catholic books and gifts for all occasions. Online at stmichaelscustomrosaries.com. That's stmichaelscustomrosaries.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Elizabeth's New Life Center, serving at-risk pregnant women and their babies for more than 30 years. Join them for their South Partnership Celebration, October 5th and 6th, with inspirational keynote speakers Bishop Earl Fernandez from the Diocese of Columbus and Dr. Ashley Fernandez, Associate Director of the Center for Bioethics at OSU. More information at their website, enlc.life. That's enlc.life. This is Father Michael Mary Dosh from St. Gertrude in Madeira. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Arise, it's a new Continue on this Thursday, the 28th of September, praying together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Make us wise, O Lord. You did not think equality with God something to be clung to. Release us from the desire for power and prestige, we pray. You emptied yourself, taking on the nature of a slave. Free us from all disdain for works of service, we pray. You became obedient even unto death, death on the cross. Deliver us from the lure of self-sufficiency, we pray. O Christ, you wash the feet of your disciples, you who are both Lord and Master. Strip us of the garments of pride and free us to do for one another the tasks of love as you have done for us. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus Christ, who live and reign with the Father in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. St. Wenceslas. Pray for us. He's uh, he's kind of why those intentions this morning were worded the way they are, asking to be released from the desire for power and prestige. Um,
having a heart for the works of service, becoming reliant upon God instead of, quote-unquote, self-sufficient, as if such a thing were possible. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. I'm Matt Swaim. Thanks for being along here. Thanks to, uh, especially to those of you who have uh, tested out our video stream with us this morning. It's up and running. Uh, so it's been fun. It's been fun to, to work on that. So you can go back and check that out in our show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. Up this hour, we have much of which to speak. Uh, we'll be chatting with... Oh, my computer just froze. With Father Philip Michael Tangora on charity and liturgy and how... Our experience of the Mass should form us and energize us for the works of mercy. Marlon De La Torre will discuss evangelization and encounter. We'll talk to Monsignor, Monsignor Brian Bransfield about his new book about angels. And then Brendan Hodge has more thoughts on classical education. And uh, that's hopefully some good and helpful conversation for those of you who are either trying to do it or at least trying to incorporate some principles of it into existing educational models. So stay with us if you can. Right now it is two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news, a service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Good morning. The Bishop of Steubenville has been moved to the Archdiocese of Detroit. The Holy See announced today that Bishop Jeffrey Monforton will head to Detroit to serve as an auxiliary under Archbishop Alan Vignerone. This coming after some controversy in the Diocese of Steubenville over whether it should be incorporated into the Diocese of Columbus. Last night's Republican presidential debate went on without frontrunner Donald Trump. Two of the seven candidates took shots at the former president, including over his recent comments on abortion and his belief that heartbeat laws are not politically expedient. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis pushed back against the claim that pro-life policies are to blame for Republican losses in the midterm elections. I think there's other reasons for that. Uh, the former president, um, you know, he's missing in action tonight. He's had a lot to say about that. He should be here explaining his comments to try to say that pro-life protections are somehow a terrible thing. DeSantis earlier this year signed a heartbeat bill into law. The Susan B. Anthony list responded to the debate saying, quote, we thank Governor Ron DeSantis for his commitment to support minimum federal protections for babies in the womb when they feel pain by 15 weeks while keeping states free to be as ambitious as possible for life. We thank Senator Tim Scott, they said, for raising this vital point in the debate and for advocating these protections for months, as has Vice President Mike Pence. They said this standard reflects the consensus of seven in ten Americans, end quote. The U.S. soldier who crossed into North Korea without permission is back in American custody now. More from Mark Mayfield. On Wednesday, North Korean state media announced that U.S. Army Private Travis King would be expelled from the country. King was taken into North Korean custody in July after he bolted across the DMZ during a tour rather than board a flight back home to the U.S., North Korea at the time said King confessed that he had illegally entered the country due to alleged inhuman maltreatment and racial discrimination within the U.S. Army. I'm Mark Mayfield. During his general audience yesterday, Pope Francis reflected on his visit last weekend to Marseille, France, to close the Mediterranean meetings. The Pope said he found passion and enthusiasm there. He prayed that Our Lady accompany the journey of the peoples of the Mediterranean so that this region might become what it has always been called to be, a mosaic of civilization and hope. Catholic University of America has announced some new security measures, which come in response to concerns over public safety in the nation's capital. 
The D.C. school has established a new Office of Emergency Management, which will provide increased training to the university community. The goal is to better respond to emergencies, which include improved communications, sheltering in place, and evacuation of buildings. The program manager for the new office previously worked with the D.C. Homeland Security and Emergency Management Agency. The bishops of Canada say reconciliation with indigenous peoples is advancing. From Vatican Radio, Lisa Zingarini reports. In his introductory remarks on Monday, Bishop Raymond Poisson pointed to the significant progress achieved in the long journey of healing and reconciliation with indigenous peoples, reiterating that Pope Francis' penitential pilgrimage to Canada and his heartfelt apologies have inspired the Canadian bishops to make new forays in their individual and collective pastoral engagements with indigenous peoples. He recalled in particular the publication of the bishop's four pastoral letters on reconciliation, which he said will hopefully serve as a framework for furthering relationships of trust for years to come. Bishop Poisson further remarked that the Indigenous Reconciliation Fund, established in 2022, has so far collected the record sum of $11 million and is well on track to exceed the five-year target of $30 million the bishops pledged two years ago. Even more encouraging, he added, are the projects being initiated by indigenous peoples at the local level supported by the dioceses. Bishop Poisson also recalled the milestone statement issued earlier this year by the Vatican Dicasteries for Culture and Education and for Promoting Integral Development, rejecting the centuries-old doctrine of discovery that was used to justify the elimination of indigenous peoples' culture and livelihoods. Finally, the head of the Canadian bishops emphasised that in this journey towards healing and reconciliation, the key word is accompaniment. To those who wish to walk with us, he said, what we can offer as Christians and shepherds is empathy, compassion and prayer, so that this journey may culminate in true freedom and lasting hope. I am Lisa Zengarini. 8.08 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lockman. We needed that one last night, Anna Mitchell. Yeah. Reds lose to the Guardians 4-3. to three. It didn't look good. Down 4 to nothing at one point. Reds tried their best. Uh, cl- got it back to a 4-3 game, but uh, did tried. lose. Yeah, tried. They, they unfortunately, uh, red legs come up short. Manager Terry Francona, though, did get a standing ovation as he's expected to announce his retirement. He will announce his retirement. Really? I don't know why it says expected. Andrew Rabbit suffered the loss for the Reds, gave up three runs on eight hits in two-plus innings of work. Reds somehow, someway, still in this wild card situation, still game and a half back. Thank you, Atlanta Braves. Braves came back again and beat the Cubs in the uh, 10th inning, 6-5 final score. Ronald Acuna Jr., this guy is fun to watch. First player in Major League Baseball history with 40 homers, 70 stolen bases. I guess the rule change helped there with Mm -hmm. the stolen bases. Marlins earned a uh, split of their doubleheader with the Mets. They uh, lost game one before winning game two, four to two. White Sox have done no good for the Reds. They left nine runners on base and in a uh, three to nothing loss to the Diamondbacks. The team uh, to really, really root against is the Marlins and Cubs now because they are the the two teams tied 
for that last so final we just, wild card. We just need them to lose and the Reds to keep winning. Reds have to pretty to much start yeah, winning, yeah. I should say. Yeah, Reds have to win out pretty much, and then we need we need some help still. So game and a half back. We only have three games to play. The Cubs, I believe, play four games. They'll play today against the Braves, so obviously still rooting for the not, Braves. I do not like this. Sam, I, I do am. Not like I do this. not. Sam, yeah. I am. I uh, agree, but it's still it, it's fun because I mean it's fun to be in the hunt to be to be even it, it just but, stinks to be one of the the last teams uh, sitting outside yeah, the window looking where at, we're depending looking at everybody. on others. Yeah. Like we don't control our destiny here. Uh, no, not anymore. Even if we went out. Even if we okay. went out. Yep. Um, and um, the Cubs are playing the Brewers, who have already announced that they are playing the B squad, pretty much. So they're resting up for their for the playoffs. For the playoffs. So Thanks, Brewers. There you not go. Not that they, you know, do not anything. that they want to help. Yeah, not that they want to help or hurt the Cubs at all, or Reds, for that matter. Let's get to traffic now. Traffic a service of Rose Automotive pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton on the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. Tell me something good. Yeah, a few slow spots. That's about it right now. Northbound 7175 going to be slow from uh, like Donaldson up to the cut in the hill. Inner loop of 275 in that area is slow through the construction going westbound from Turkey Foot over toward Mineola Pike. Northbound 471, you're on the brakes from Grand Avenue up to the river on the Ohio side of things. Slowing on northbound 75 from 74 up toward Ronald Reagan. Southbound 75, you start off heavy around Union Center Boulevard and you'll remain slow until you get through the Lachlan split. Southbound 71 is slow from Field Zertle down toward the Norwood Lateral. And looking at Dayton traffic. Kind of slow in both directions on 75 um, as you're approaching the 35 interchange. Now, for weather, yeah, you should probably keep your umbrella handy because there's more rain in the forecast. Imagine that. Okay, mostly cloudy skies today in Cincinnati with some spotty light rain and a high of 76. Partly cloudy tonight, drying out with an overnight low of 60. Mostly sunny and warmer tomorrow with a high of 80. For the Miami Valley, Dayton area, scattered showers, chance of thunderstorm today and high of 72 degrees. Scattered showers through midnight, then becoming partly cloudy and foggy with an overnight low of 60. Some morning fog tomorrow and then partly sunny skies with a high of 78 degrees. Today is Thursday, September the 28th. The Feast of Good King Wenceslas. Pray for us. My 10th anniversary. Happy anniversary, Will. I think you're in the car on the way home from dropping children off at school. Hope you're listening. Happy anniversary. Right now, it's 12 past. Father Philip Michael Tangora joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He's a pastor, a canon lawyer, and author of Holiness and Living the Sacramental Life. We're talking about charity today in honor of the Feast of St. Vincent de Paul, whom we celebrate on September 27th. You know, Father, when I think of charity as a Catholic, I think about it as the greatest of the theological virtues. Um, from mm -hmm. the secular perspective, I imagine a person would think about charities like services for those in need and i guess to start off the conversation it's really no wonder that charities would be named after charity 
Exactly. So they both come from the Latin origin word caritas, which means love. So if you're going to show love, uh, obviously it's the theological virtue because it describes the, na- the relationship that we have between God and neighbor. So the fulfillment of the great commandment. And the, the second one after that is obviously love your neighbor as yourself, right? And then uh, in that exploration of the second uh, element of the loving of one's neighbor, uh, obviously that's where we show uh, our regard, our care, another word coming from caritas, for those who are in need, especially the who are in need. So that was in the early church, obviously, widows, orphans, uh, those who are the sick, those who are suffering in any kind of way. Obviously, the the way we try to use that word now is also disenfranchised. So those who have lack of legal protections, of societal stopgaps to help protect them uh, from uh, a life of discouragement and despair and uh, destitution. So one of the things that we see is the Eucharist is referred to by St. Thomas Aquinas as the sacrament of love, because it is the highest sacrament since it is Jesus Christ himself. Well, yeah, and there is no greater love than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Absolutely. And so actually in uh, one of the social encyclicals of Pope John Paul II, Solicitudo Rei Socialis, in paragraph 48, he talks about the fact that there is no greater love and that this sacrament uh, urges us to show love, to uh, go out and to provide for the care and not the event, not just the evangelization, but also the uh, needs of our brothers and sisters in Christ and the one human family. So we are meant to commit ourselves ever more generously following that example of Christ, who in this sacrament lays down his life for his friends uh, and to make our personal commitment that like Christ in, in union with it will not be in vain, but certainly fruitful. So we're meant to bear fruit from the Eucharist. The Eucharist Mm. nourishes mind, heart, body, and soul. And so we're called to go out and with that nourishment, provide nourishment for those brothers and sisters who have yet to receive uh, that full uh, gift from Jesus Christ and who are in any way suffering uh, or challenged. So where do we receive the Eucharist most often in the context of of the Mass, of of the liturgy? So knowing that, Father, can you talk about the connection between our charity in terms of our service to one another, our love to those in need, and the liturgy? Yeah, well, this is is a big part in... um, uh, another document of John Paul, an apostolic letter called Dies Domine, uh, where he talks about the need for people to uh, really take into consideration the ending parts of the Mass. So the final blessing and dismissal, especially, are those moments where that, as I refer to it in my own book, Holiness and Living the Sacramental Life, that is the the Pentecost moment of the Mass, because you're receiving this blessing to now go forth and having been nourished 
by the Eucharist and now receiving the Holy Spirit to go forth and proclaim the gospel with your life and to give witness to Jesus Christ, to, to, to bear witness and bear fruit of everything that you've experienced during the Mass, which is the entire life of Christ, by the way, and now go forth and bring that experience to others. I mean, one of the biggest problems with the church today is that lack of sense of encontro, of the encounter with Jesus Christ and having that experience. Well, if you've done that at Mass, then, which is what the liturgy of the Mass is supposed to be doing, then when you receive that final blessing and that dismissal, which is a commission, it's saying, go, go forth, proclaiming the gospel with your life. Go forth. The, the Mass is ended, but you are now being sent you are being sent with the power of the Holy Spirit and the nourishment of the Eucharist to uh, bring uh, that love mm. to our brothers and sisters. Well, I think about various charities that that take on the name Catholic, and it seems more nominal, like, you know, you you put kind of a Catholic veneer over what is basically a humanitarian agency. And I, I think about St. Vincent de Paul, and there's this famous quote that I'm going to botch, but he basically is talking about, like, it's okay to stop praying to go serve someone else. He says, it's it's okay to leave God before you go to serve God or, or something along those lines. But that quote implies that you're with God beforehand. And so it seems to me that our service must flow from the liturgy. Absolutely. It's not uh, what John, um, what St. Vincent de Paul was talking about was the fact that uh, if you are, say, praying the divine office, not praying mass, you can't just get up during sure. mass. Well, of course. To, yeah. All right. But if you're praying the divine office or you're praying the rosary and someone comes up to you and they're like, I'm sick, I'm hungry, uh, I, you know, this kind of thing. Your prayer is now the act of service. Mm. It's not a sub, it's it's a substitution for what you were doing. It's not a it's not saying don't pray. It's saying your prayer is now this action of service. And that's one of the things that we have to always look at it. You know, in the different forms of prayer, there's uh, vocal prayer, what's called oratio, there's mental prayer, meditatio, and then there's contemplative prayer, contemplatio, right? But all of this prayer is meant to then lead us to axio, action. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's not meant to die just with us. It's meant to be bring forth fruit. If we are, if Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, and we're receiving our nourishment from the vine as the branches, then the branches need to bear fruit through Christian action. Yep. Thank you so much, Father Philip Michael Tangora. You can find his book, Holiness and Living the Sacramental Life, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. We got traffic and weather coming up next. It's 20 past. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith when Ann Hendershot will discuss the principle of performative Catholicism. Susan Sassoni will share her new book, New Friends Now and Forever. I will talk about the life of St. Vincent to Paul, plus frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ. 
Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Bridgetown Finer Meats, the place to go for Wagyu beef. This beef is bred from authentic Wagyu genetics from legendary Japanese bloodlines. Holistically raised on local family farms, Wagyu is all natural with no added hormones, highly marbled, and absolutely delicious. Since 1979, Bridgetown Finer Meats has continually offered prime beef, top quality pork, Amish poultry, fresh seafood, and a vast array of homemade foods. Bridgetown Finer Meats, 574-3100 and online at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality, the Jesuit Spiritual Center invites you to a weekend of prayer and renewal led by various retreat masters, including Father Michael Graham. Join others for a weekend of silence as you experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Register now at JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. St. Vincent de Paul, Northern Kentucky, understands the importance of a helping hand when life becomes difficult. Through the grace of God and the amazing generosity of volunteers and donors, St. Vincent de Paul, Northern Kentucky has been able to provide over $200,000 in rent and utility assistance to nearly 2,000 neighbors in need in the last 12 weeks alone. The prayer is to continue to faithfully serve those in need well into the future. To learn how you can help, visit svdpnky.org and follow along on social media. 22 minutes past the hour now, and this traffic report is a service of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick and GMC in Eaton, Ohio, on the web at LarkinCobb.com. few lingering slow spots on the interstates, northbound 7175 from uh, 275 up toward the cut in the hill. Westbound 275 at the bottom of the loop, a little slow uh, from Turkey Foot over toward the 7175 interchange. Southbound 71 remains slow from Field Journal to the Norwood Lateral. Southbound 75 on the brakes as you head through the Lachlan split. Northbound 75 a little slow from 74 up toward Ronald Reagan. Now for weather. Maybe I shouldn't hit my mic. Did you hear that? Did you hear me hit my mic? I'm sorry. Hurt my knuckles. Mostly cloudy today in Cincinnati with some spotty light rain and a high of 76 degrees. Partly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 60. Mostly sunny in Cincinnati tomorrow with a high of 80 degrees. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, scattered showers with a chance of a thunderstorm today. A high of 72. Scattered showers through midnight, then partly cloudy and foggy with an overnight low of 60. Some morning fog will lead to partly sunny skies tomorrow and a high of 78 degrees. Please pray with me the Novena Prayer in our 54-day Novena ahead of the November election here in Ohio. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community, and awaken in every heart awe for the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, Protector of the Unborn, pray for us. Marlon De La Torre joins us next.
It's 25 past. Bill Babbitt here, and although we had a couple of false starts, I'm happy to announce that you can now see the Sunrise Morning Show on video on SacredHeartRadio.com, the SunriseMorningShow.com, on YouTube, and a few more ways coming soon. Uh, we will document the entire video process in Sacred Heart Radio's Christmas newsletter, so to get on our mailing list now, just visit SacredHeartRadio.com, click on Newsletter Sign Up, and when you do, you're immediately signed up to receive our monthly e-newsletter. By the way, we have never shared or sold our mailing list with other organizations, but we do want to share all the spiritual events planned for your parish this Advent. So to do that, just click on events at sacredheartradio.com. And at sacredheartradio.com is where you can direct others now to know the truth about what's at stake in Ohio this November. As always, thank you for listening, supporting, and, and telling others where they can hear about Jesus on Sacred Heart Radio and the Sacred Heart Radio app. A wedding is a day. A marriage is a lifetime. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. This is time for a couple to learn about each other and their upcoming marriage. Based on communication, intimacy, and the family they grew up in, Find out more at Cincinnati-Covington.EngagedEncounter.com. That's Cincinnati-Covington.EngagedEncounter.com. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they are the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult-to-machine materials. Find out more at TheAbrasiveOne.com. That's the number one, TheAbrasiveOne.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, RoseAutomotiveGroup.com. Marlon De La Torre is back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He's Senior Director of the Department of Evangelization for the Diocese of Columbus. He writes at knowingisdoing.org. Good morning, Marlon. Go Bucks. Good morning, Eddie, and go Bucks. We are going to be talking today about helping others to find Jesus. And you tell a story in your blog post about a guy named Tim. Tell mm -hmm. us Tim's story. You know, I, I mean, Tim, not being his real name, obviously, um, was a gentleman who had, who had visited me for for some time, and he just uh, was trying to find his way. Uh, I would say, not even a nominal Catholic, Catholic just by baptism, by chance, if that makes sense. And he he kind of had a, a very uh, very simple way of looking at the world. Uh, he understood maybe, all right, maybe I should go. To, to church on Christmas, maybe a funeral. And, and that was really the majority of his upbringing. Uh, he, he was somebody who was pretty pretty content being nothing when it comes to spirituality. I mean, it's just him, the world, and his job and, and, and how he, he viewed life. And so this particular story struck him because he, he was profoundly moved by somebody who he appeared to be you know what this guy maybe looks disheveled maybe looks distraught but he was caught by how he took the time to say a blessing before a meal and this for whatever reason overwhelmed him um amidst the chaos of the restaurant everybody minding their own business eating their meal 
this particular man just struck him as if he's the only one that existed in the restaurant. And he took time out to, to pray. And for whatever reason, this moved him. This, this so just brought him outside of his normal reality that he was compelled to ask him why. Why would you do that? Because his perception of him was, oh, this guy looks tired, looks dead, looks beaten. Um, he doesn't look very happy. But the moment he asked him, this guy just gave out a profound joy, a profound sense of happiness that, well, let me tell you why. And unbeknownst to Tim, th this gentleman just evangelized to him through his personal witness of why he would take time out to give glory and thanks to God for this meal. And it, it started Tim on his journey. Praise God. And, and this was something that uh, moved him to the point where, all right, how did you find him? Who's him being Jesus Christ? What drew you to him? And why would you, through all your perceived calamity, your suffering, that you would still give thanks to someone that I just can't understand? Uh, and this is really part of his background, um, which was really moving to, to hear and to really realize that it, it's, sometimes it is that, that simple glance at someone's life that can move you. Mm. Marlon, you know, we have all of these evangelization programs. Mm -hmm. We have churches that are mm -hmm. open on Sundays. I mean, there mm -hmm. are those that, that think all we need to evangelize is just mm -hmm. to have a broken person walk into a mm -hmm. beautiful liturgy. And I'm not mm -hmm. discounting that because those Correct. things can work for sure. And mm -hmm. I do not place limits on the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But Tim would have been nowhere near them. I mean, Correct. like, he was just mm -hmm. not in mm -hmm. that realm. Correct. And that's where a lot of our faithful are today. I think yesteryear, I'd say 25 years ago, you at least had a semblance of people looking for, for God. And when they could find something that would parallel that thought of God, they would walk into a, to a Catholic church, walk into a mass, a liturgy, and be profoundly moved because somehow that resonates with them. Uh, I believe, unfortunately, we don't have as much of that anymore. And so it's really going to be ultimately the, that, the individual that could express a sense of peace uh, amongst calamity. And the, I think that, I believe, is what we're, um, I think, facing now. And for Tim, thank God, he, he had someone that was able to push against the tide by himself, unbeknownst to this poor guy who was eating his meal. Uh, but was able to move him. And, but I, I believe you're correct. Not everybody is moved by a program. And unfortunately, not everybody can be moved the moment they step into a Catholic church. Well, they may you not know? even find them if they're not correct. looking for them. And what I think is so beautiful about this man is that, I mean, I don't know how well catechized this man sitting mm -hmm. at his meal was. He didn't need mm -hmm. to be. I mm -hmm. was so struck by how simple his answer was and mm -hmm. how I would have never thought to say, I never know when my last meal on yep. earth will be. So mm -hmm. I give thanks to the Lord Jesus for yep. this food. Correct. Like I who sit on Catholic radio five days a week, three hours a day. Mm -hmm. And that answer never occurred to me. Yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, the irony, I actually know the guy that did that to Tim. Wow. And um, which was really, really funny in the end. So I thought it was just very providential for Tim. Wow. Yeah. Providential is a yeah. great word for this yeah. for this story of Tim and thank God, you know, um, for it. It's such. I mean, I, I'm I was so struck by it 
So struck by it. Go read about it over at knowingisdoing.org. We've been talking to Marlon De La Torre. You can find Knowing Is Doing linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Marlon, thank you so much, and go Bucks. Appreciate it, Annie. Go Bucks. All right, it's 33 minutes past the hour now. It's time for news. The Bishop of Steubenville is being moved to the Archdiocese of Detroit. The Holy See announced today that Bishop Jeffrey Monforton will head to Detroit to serve as an auxiliary bishop under Archbishop Alan Vignerone. This coming after some controversy in the Diocese of Steubenville over whether it would be incorporated into the Diocese of Columbus. Last night's Republican presidential debate went on without frontrunner Donald Trump. Two of the seven candidates took shots at the former president, including over his recent comments on abortion and his belief that heartbeat laws are not politically expedient. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis pushed back against the claim that pro-life policies are to blame for Republican losses in the midterms. I think there's other reasons for that. Uh, the former president, um, you know, he's missing in action tonight. He's had a lot to say about that. He should be here explaining his comments to try to say that pro-life protections are somehow a terrible thing. DeSantis earlier this year signed a heartbeat bill into law in Florida. The Susan B. Anthony list responded to the debate saying, quote, we thank Governor DeSantis for his commitment to support minimum federal protections for babies in the womb when they feel pain by 15 weeks while keeping states free to be as ambitious as possible for life. We thank Senator Tim Scott, they said, for raising this vital point in the debate and for advocating these protections for months, as has Vice President Mike Pence. This standard reflects the consensus of seven in 10 Americans, end quote. Also during the debate, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott said a balanced budget amendment is necessary to get the country back on track. Trey Thomas has more. South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley sparred with Scott over the nation's debt. I, I appreciate Tim. We've known each other a long time, but he's been there 12 years and he hasn't done any of that. He well, hasn't. Geez. They've only given four budgets uh, on time in 40 years. He was part of that. Biggest, he increased the national in the debt. History. He voted for the spending. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said leadership is key to the debt issue. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum said he's presided over a balanced budget in his state. I'm Trey Thomas. Pope Francis used his general audience yesterday to reflect on his short visit over the weekend to Marseille, France, to help close out the Mediterranean meetings. The Holy Father said the challenge is that the Mediterranean might recover its vocation that of being a laboratory of civilization and peace. He said, quote, the Mediterranean is the cradle of civilization and a cradle is for life. It is not tolerable that it become a tomb. Neither should it be a place of conflict, end quote. The Holy Father also made another appeal for the people of Ukraine during his general audience, encouraging the faithful to remember your brothers and sisters forced to leave their war-torn homeland who seek help, refuge, and goodwill. He told Polish pilgrims particularly to show a Christ-like welcome. 8.36 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lachman. Leave it to Cleveland to uh, ruin a good thing, <laughs> know, if you right? ask me. Uh, well, the Reds, um, they played hard. We'll go with that. Reds played hard but uh, fell 4-3. to three. Final score from Cleveland. Reds still uh, hanging around in this wild card picture. Just a game and a half back of both the Cubs and Marlins. But uh, sadly, Reds only have three games left to play. So they'll need some help 
Reds did get some help from the Atlanta Braves. Braves knocked off the Cubs in 10 innings, 6-5 from Trust Park. Game was uh, halted for a little bit uh, so Ronald Acuna could celebrate. He uh, stole a base in the 10th inning and became the first player in MLB history to hit 40 homers and have 70 stolen bases. This guy's fun to watch play baseball. All right, Bengals uh, have released their first injury report. Ahead of week four's matchup against the Titans, Irv Smith, the tight end, did not participate in yesterday's practice. Joe Burrow, I'm sure you want to hear, he was a full participant as he continues to nurse a calf injury. Bengals and Titans meet up in Tennessee at Nissan Stadium. Both teams head into the contest at one and two. Uh, Tonight, Thursday night football, the Green Bay Packers and Detroit Lions square off at Lambeau Field in an NFC North showdown. Let's check in on sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this. Subscribe. Yes, by clicking the red subscribe button at sacredheartradio.com, you'll get an email with our show notes with the list of guests you'll hear that day on the Sunrise Morning Show or Driving Home the Faves. You'll also get the links to books, articles, and websites we've discussed and the full podcast with markers to find and hear the interview again. So to know when your favorite guests are on the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith, go to sacredheartradio.com and click subscribe. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700, online at beaconortho.com. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. The Maria Stein Shrine of the Holy Relics invites all to its annual Heritage Day celebration, Sunday, September 17th from 1 to 4 p.m., For more information, visit sacredheartradio.com slash events. In the 18th century, St. Louis de Montfort composed a beautiful Eucharistic hymn. What follows is the third stanza from that hymn, hymn number 30. In the Blessed Sacrament, God loves us so tenderly. He empties himself so completely. He gives us his flesh for us to eat. He gives his blood for us to drink. He gives his soul, his infinite being, to transform us into himself. Praised be the blessed sacrament, now and forever. Amen. I'm Precious Blood Father, Kevin Scalf. Happy to welcome to the Sunrise Morning Show, Monsignor Brian Bransfield. He's got a book called Angels Are Guardians in Spiritual Battle. Monsignor Bransfield, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be with you and your listeners. It is so good to have you, and I am so excited about this book and and get to ask you a few questions about the angels. Of course, the end of September and early October, they're very much on our minds with the Feasts of the Archangels on September 29th and and the uh, Guardian Angels on um, October 2nd. So, first of all, Monsignor, just give us an overview of how you tackle the topic of angels in this book. Well, thank you. Well, as I wrote Angels Are Guardians in 
spiritual battle. I wanted to make it user-friendly for the, the average Catholic, and maybe the unaverage Catholic. Catholic doesn't know much theology. Someone that can really get to know angels as our friends. St. Gregory the Great says nearly every page of Scripture, the angels are there. Wow. Their angels are present all throughout Scripture. Sometimes they become visibly present in Scripture, but they're more often invisibly present. So what I wanted to do was make it easier for us to discern the presence of the angels right next to us, even if they're not visibly present, but invisibly present. So my goal was to look at what angels do, who they are, how God creates them, the fallen angels, Lucifer and the demons, but then also to look at the good and holy angels and how much they do for us, especially with Christ and Our Lady and how the plan of salvation, the plan of God's providence, angels are our allies in the spiritual life. They're our good friends. Well, Monsignor Bransfield, you write in the book about how neither the good nor the bad angels would want a book written about them. Why is that? Well, because the good angels, the good and holy angels, are humble. And they avoid the spotlight. They shun the worldly spotlight. They want to reflect the mystery of Christ, the Son of God, and and the mysteries of Our Lady leading to Christ. So they do it out of humility, the good and holy angels. The evil angels don't want a book about them because they they want to ambush us. They don't want us to know their ways or their deceit or how they insinuate themselves. So the evil angels want it out of pride that they want to attack us, and, and they don't want us knowing what their battle plans are. So how do the good angels serve as as guardians for us against the, the snares of the devil? The, that's a wonderful question. The good angels, as I point out in Angels Are Guardians in Spiritual Battle, that the good and holy angels walk with us. They're the ones who, through our reading of Scripture, through our devotion to Our Lady, through our going to adoration, through our going to confession, they're always prompting us to do that. The good angels are always leading us to see the mystery of Jesus as our protector, Our Lady as our intercessor. So they work with us, especially when we're feeling lonely, tired, bored, hurt, when we feel left out, left behind, depressed or anxious. The good angels don't go away. They want to be with us and help us. So they work very closely with us. Can you talk about the uh, angels that show up particularly in the book of Job and, and what we learn from that story? Certainly. The, you know, the book of Job begins where God is in the, the Old Testament, where the angels are actually having a meeting with God. And they come together, and God is talking to the good angels. And then this other one. Uh, another one that Satan comes, the fallen angel, and he comes so as to disrupt, to uh, interject, to destroy. And God says to Satan, uh, where do you come from? And in that, in the Hebrew, God is reminding Satan that Satan comes from a nothingness of sin. Mm. He, He comes from evil. And then God says, have you noticed my servant Job? Uh, and Satan lies. When Satan can't get what he wants, and he he can't ever, he lies. So he always lies. Uh, 
And he says, well, Job is only holy because of the good things you've done for him. Mm. And then Satan attacks Job, but Job stays close to God because of the good and holy angels who come to Job even when he's hurting, even when he's feeling uh, cast down, when he feels hurt. And the good angels do the same for us. Well, another famous place where angels show up, of course, are in the gospel. We have the Archangel Gabriel showing up to the Blessed Virgin Mary to announce the incarnation. We also have angels showing up to minister to our Lord in the agony of the garden. I mean, that's their whole purpose, right? To serve the Lord? Exactly. The angels are enthralled at the humility of God and especially the Son of God who took flesh, born of the Virgin. And so the angels, the good and holy angels, adore God, and they reflect the light of his glory to us. And so they go to him after the temptation in the wilderness. They minister to him. And then, as you mentioned so well, in the Garden of Gethsemane, where they are there, and they would love to intervene. To defend the Lord. And at one glance from our Lord, they would. But in his humility, he saves the angels. And they are absorbed and astounded by the tremendous humility of the Son of God, who allows himself to be vulnerable for us and for our salvation. Can you talk about the angels that guard the tree of life? Yes, with the 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 angel with the flaming sword is one of the earliest accounts of an angel in Scripture, where after Adam and Eve fall and they're cast out of the garden, God places an angel with a flaming sword, a cherubim with a flaming sword. It's a dancing light of sword. It's similar to the light that danced around St. Paul, the dazzling light. And it's there to guard the tree of life, not necessarily as a as a stringent punishment, but as a protection. Because if man in sin, after he had fallen, stretched out his hand to the tree of life, then he would live forever in a fallen way. So what God does, he protects us so that we don't reach out for that, and Christ himself will ascend the tree on the cross and open for us a new way to the tree of life, namely by joining in him through the sacramental ministry of the church, through confession, through Holy Communion, through devotion to Our Lady, through adhering to the person of Christ. So he redeems us, and uh, death loses its sting, death loses its penal, its punishment character, and he opens the way to new life. And the angel, the angel's sword guards us from doing anything that would make that state of sin permanent, but also lights us so we see Christ, the true tree of life on the cross. So beautifully put. We've been talking to Monsignor Brian Bransfield. I have so many more questions I want to ask you, Monsignor. I'd love to have you back to talk more about the angels sometime soon. We've got the book linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Thank you. All right. It's 12 till now on the Sunrise Morning Show. We're back right after this.
Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Elizabeth's New Life Center, serving at-risk pregnant women and their babies for more than 30 years. Join them for their South Partnership Celebration, October 5th and 6th, with inspirational keynote speakers Bishop Earl Fernandez from the Diocese of Columbus and Dr. Ashley Fernandez, Associate Director of the Center for Bioethics at OSU. More information at their website, enlc.life. That's enlc.life. Wimberg Landscaping, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, has been beautifying properties for over 40 years. Wimberg offers professional one-stop landscaping services from initial design and installation of all plant materials and hardscapes to ongoing maintenance, including lawn service, leaf and snow removal. Wimberg Landscaping, 513-271-2332 or on the web at wimberglandscaping.com. That's wimberglandscaping.com. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com. Hi, I'm Guy Cagney with the Cagney Family and Coble Banker Real Estate, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Our Catholic faith is the center of our family life and how we do our real estate business. Hope that you and your family will remain safe and healthy this year. 513-347-1888. Brendan Hodge back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He is Darwin from the Darwin Catholic Blog. He's author of If You Can Get It from Ignatius Press and is a contributing editor to The Pillar as well. Good morning, Brendan. Good morning. So we're continuing to look at an essay by Dorothy L. Sayers on classical education. You've been running sort of a, a book club over at the Darwin Catholic Blog on this essay, can you remind us first off, just for listeners' benefits, what is meant by classical education? Yes. So Sayers described classical education as being a approach to education rooted in Western culture's ancient and medieval past with its stages of learning based on the medieval trivium, which were kind of the core subjects of medieval learning. These were grammar, dialectic, or um, logic. Uh, and rhetoric or uh, persuasive writing. Okay, so now we are going to be talking about the part of her essay in which she sort of unpacks these stages of development of of school-age children, and she breaks it down into three stages. So tell us about the first stage first. Yeah, so Sayers talks about these three subjects of the medieval trivium as being aligned with three stages of childhood development. And the first of these she describes as the pole parrot stage, uh, which is maybe sort of a British phrase. But if you picture as a, I think any uh, any parent, uh, I was just being regaled the other day by my uh, nine-year-old son with uh, – fascinating facts about octopuses and Ooh. he had watched a documentary about octopuses and so he was just full of how many brains they had how small a hole they could fit through whether or not they could survive outside of water for short periods uh all of these facts about octopuses and he'll just soak this stuff up and repeat it back to you and whether it's that or it's an ancient city that uh, he saw on drain the oceans or uh, facts about shipping, anything that catches his fancy, he can repeat back in detail. He just kind of soaks up facts, and then he pours them out at any opportunity. 
And this is what Sayers describes as the poll parrot stage, where children are really, really eager to soak up all sorts of facts, interesting pieces of information, stories, and then repeat them back. And they often do so fairly uncritically. They don't necessarily have huge powers of analyzing these facts and stories and putting them together in the more rigorous ways that an adult scientist or historian might do. But uh, they're just really, really hungry for facts, and they love to repeat them back to people. And so this is a good stage for memorization, um, as as you write in the blog. And we'll dive more into that in a, in a second. But let's get to the second stage next. So the second stage she calls the PERT, or argumentative stage. And this is as kids get more into the middle school years and they suddenly want to argue about everything. I'm not sure I Um, ever left that phase, Brendan. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like some of us could probably identify with remaining in this pretty personally. (laughs) But this is the stage where just as facts were fascinating before, suddenly arguments become uh, really important to kids. And so they want to litigate every point. They want to know why everything is and hash it out and now, their their powers of logical reasoning may still not be at full adult strength, but they're very, very eager to use them to discuss why everything has to be what it is and kind of hash all these things out for themselves. Uh, and it, it can be frustrating, but there is a real hunger there to understand now not just the what, but the why of everything. Okay, and then take us through the third stage. So the final stage she calls the poetic stage. Um, And this is where suddenly the emotions start to flow. So this is in uh, kind of late middle school heading into high school. And uh, student children want to express themselves. They want to express their feelings to others. They want to persuade others to feel the way that they feel. And they really want to kind of bring everyone along with the tide of these powerful new emotions that they're experiencing as they head into their teenage years. And so this is a very expressive stage of childhood. Um, and that's why she calls it the poetic stage, because although the, feel, the appeal of kind of the strong emotions and images and poetry, and they also really want to express themselves to others in those really strong emotional terms. Now, seeing children in this light, how does classical education fit into those three stages? So the way that Sayers sees it is that the this whole parrot stage is very well suited for learning the basics of many subjects, what she calls the grammar of subjects. And so in grammar, she's talking not just about diagramming a sentence, but the building blocks of knowledge. So this is um, the kings of Israel, the kings of England, important dates throughout history, presidents, states, capitals, all of these things that uh, you're really good at memorizing at that age. And You don't necessarily even have to know how they fit together yet, but you want to know all the facts. And that this argumentative stage is where, if you're going to be so argumentative, you really need to learn how to formulate an argument. What's a valid argument? What's an invalid argument? And so if children are going to be constantly making cases and arguing at this stage, they need to learn how to do so properly, and they're going to thrive on learning those tools. And that as they reach the poetic stage, this is the stage where children need to learn to write expressively. And so this is a stage where it's important for them to see really good examples of persuasive writing and to learn to imitate those so they can express their feelings and their desires in good writing and good speech and persuade others. Nice. Well, if you'd like to get in on the conversation, read more of uh, Brendan's unpacking of Dorothy L. Sayers' essay on classical education, you can go to darwincatholic.blogspot.com. 
com, and you can find Brendan linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Brendan, thank you so much. Thank you. You bet. Well, I have been really intrigued by this whole thing. My kids go to a Montessori school, but uh, the classical education model is fascinating, I think. So, yeah, go over to darwincatholic.blogspot.com to read more about it and get a link to the full essay from Dorothy L. Sayers. Today, the feast of... Good King Wenceslas. Sorry, I'm trying to find out from Paul how much time I have before the end of the show here. One minute? I got one minute to talk about Good King Wenceslas. So this is a man who was murdered by his brother. He's the Duke of Bohemia, murdered by his brother for political reasons and yet is considered a martyr. Why is that? Well, because his faith and his politics were united seamlessly. Good King Wenceslas, pray for us. Go listen to the Christmas Carol today. Just, you know, get yourself in the mood celebrating the feast of Good King Wenceslas. Love it. Well, that'll do it for this Thursday edition of the Sunrise Morning Show. We will look forward to talking to you again tomorrow on the Feast of the Archangels. Michael, Gabriel, Raphael. Lots of good stuff coming up tomorrow morning on a Friday. Until then, I'm Anna Mitchell. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. We need your help. Hello, I'm Marianne Kuharski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. Our ads feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy help. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. To donate, please find us at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from R's Cafe and Meeting House, opening October 2nd, offering delicious varieties of coffee and fresh-baked goods, pastries, sandwiches, and soups. R's Cafe and Meeting House, 6988 North Dearborn Road in Guilford, Indiana. The Cincinnati Chapter of Legatus is a national network of Catholic business owners, CEOs, and managing partners facing the challenges of faith, family, and business each day. We meet once a month with our spouse for a mass, dinner, and speaker.